Uh, there's a moon with a face on it, which is the first card. Oh, that's an emoji. And, the- yeah. <laughs> and then she lays down one that is either a sun or a sunflower. These are all emojis. That must be part of it. <laughs> that makes so much sense. The Romulans invented emojis. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to our Picard podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Wright. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. Our spot button back for this week is, what would we name our spaceship? And uh, I would definitely name my spaceship after my cat. Okay. So I would name it Cobol. So you would name it after a planet. Yeah, technically, yeah. But it would really be in honor of my cat. Okay. Yeah. And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator from sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, D.C. I'm a senior writer and the social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. If I was going to name a spaceship... What's going through your head? What are your, like, what are your, like, options at this point, you know? Like, spit a word out. Yeah. Like, I want something, like, cool, mm-hmm. but I don't have, like... A word that's like that like means anything right to me off the top of my head right maybe if you don't think about it in like star trek ways and you're just like i am just naming like my car you know like Mm -hmm. just like if you Mm want to name it george you can't i mean i named my headphones counselor troy so sure you know that video we watched yesterday where the girl's trying to name the cactus and she's like Mm. pick a name any name any name any name because clover it's a cactus it's a cactus no that's me yeah. The name of spaceship. Um, so your spaceship's name is Clover. It can't, like, I thought about, like, Intrepid, but I'm pretty sure that's, like, a class of ship. Yeah, um, what, So I got dress. nothing. I got nothing. Mm, okay. It'll come to you as we record. One day. Mm-hmm. One day I'll think of a name. Name it the Majin. <laughs> the Amic! The Amic is a bitch in space ship name, actually. Okay, cool. Cool. And uh, my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at 100 Script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And I don't really know anything about this. But on a completely on-brand move by me, my spaceship would be named Oceanic 815. <laughs> You're going to scra- crash your spaceship. It's just a name. Your, your spaceship is going for a wormhole for sure. If you are anywhere near Henry and Cusick in that spaceship, you need to turn around and go the other way. <laughs> he will crash it. I think I crashed your spaceship. Yep. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Today we have words to say about episode 103 of Picard. There is no only in it. On Memory Alpha, it's the end is the beginning. On, on Crave, Crave, it, it says the, the end, end is only, only the beginning. beginning. Okay, so who are we going to trust? The people who have years, years of Trek lore or some idiots at Crave? I don't know. It seemed pretty official. (laughs) Okay, well, I trust Trek lore. Okay, it sounds better without the only anyway. Today we have words to say about episode 103 of Picard, The End is the Beginning. This episode will contain spoilers for basically all of Star Trek. So if you haven't seen this episode or the rest of Star Trek, um, I don't know how to help you. You're probably fine because if I don't understand something, I'll probably ask about it and then and then it'll be answered and then we'll all understand. Yeah. Yeah. And Star Trek involves so much information, you'll forget it anyway. And it is absolutely okay to be spoiled for Star Trek and still have a great time. Can we gather anything from the episode title? I feel like it's I feel like the first three episodes sort of felt like a, a three hour pilot. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of indicating that like it's the end of that part of the show. Mm-hmm. And but it, that was only the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I think the end of his career at Starfleet was the beginning of, like, his next adventure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Rafi's end. It, like, basically, you ended Starfleet. It's the beginning of something beautiful. Yeah. All of these people, like, 
ended something in their lives and now they're starting something new. Yeah. Yeah. It's the start of something new. No. No? This no. could be the no. start of something new. Alright. It feels so right to, to be, be here, here with you. you. Oh. And now looking <laughs> in your eyes, I feel in my heart. You started this. You did this. The start That's of on something you. new. Well, look, they all got free shows to the Robin show. Thing. Now, who'd have ever thought? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> you got your little bit in. Okay, so we are going to start off um, with the episode summary, and then we are going to dive into the whole <coughs> Robin is currently in the middle of a whip that she she has now finished. Um, and then we're going to dive into the whole episode and pick it apart piece by piece, and then I'm going to share my theory that I said it was going to make you pee your pants. And if it doesn't make you pee your pants, then maybe someone listening will. And if it does, I want to hear about it. I, really I hope you pee your pants because you're on your own bed on your own side, and I hope you pee your pants on your bed. I really hope that I don't pee my pants, but I am excited for your theory. Okay. We just lost any Legacy Trekkies who were, any, who were listening to this because of our sheer idiocy, so now I think we are free to be even stupider. Yay! Okay. <laughs> Here's the uh, episode summary. In the past, Picard and Rafi meet after Picard's meeting with Starfleet post-Mars. The Sins have been banned and they're abandoning the Romulans. Picard leveraged his admiralty to get the ships he needed to save them and lost. He resigned and Starfleet stripped Rafi of her rank as well. In the present, Rafi pops off at Picard about abandoning her 14 years ago. She's addicted to something called Snake Leaf and enjoys drinking and her life has been kind of miserable. So she bounces. On the board cube, he was so impressed with Soji's kindness to the nameless that he grants a request she's had for a while to speak to Ramda, a Romulan who is an ex-Borg. People treat ex-bees like garbage or like things to be harvested, like the Romulans. Soji wants to meet Ramda because she had a theory that a shared mythical framework could be therapeutic. Rafi and Picard go head to head again. Picard apologizes for his shitty behavior. There's someone in Starfleet that is allowing the Tal Shiar to operate on Earth, and Rafi points out that someone else allowed the attack on Mars all those years ago. So Picard needs help. She puts him in contact with a pilot, Rios, and then kicks him out. Agnes is just sitting there eating her food when Commodore O shows up in sunglasses to ask her about Picard. But, like, as we know, only bad guys wear sunglasses. The sunglasses were so much. Yeah, it was very distracting. On the cube, Hugh takes Soji to meet Ramda, who's doing some Romulan tarot or something. Picard calls up Rafi and gives her info because he knows her well. Up in space, Picard arrives in Rios' ship and the TNG theme plays and I cry a little. Rios' EMH leads him to the actual Rios. They're identical. Iconic. Rios wants to know what Picard is up to. He used to be the XO of a ship that Starfleet erased from history, and so he super hates Starfleet. But Picard clocks him as a former Starfleet through and through. Got him! <laughs> Rafi's research leads her to a place called Free Cloud. On Rios' ship, he chats with his Irish ENH about how legendary Picard is. The ENH thinks that Rios should do it, but Rios is still hung up on his last captain's death from 10 years ago. Picard and Lars talk about him missing them when he leaves. Soji figures out how to talk to Ramda, and it's through respecting Romulan culture. Nice. Siobhan brings Picard a lunch he packed for him, but it, he's interrupted by the Jat Vosh agents. Agna shows up and takes out the last one with one of their own weapons. She's super shaken up. She came to tell Picard O visited her, and she told O everything, because she's a super bad liar. Lars wakes up one of the Romulans so they can interrogate him. Soji talks to Ramda about the game she's playing. She wants to know if it came from Ramda. Romulan mythology, but Ramda says there's no such thing. They just call it the news. Soji wants to create a network where XBs can share their trauma with one another. Soji, that's Unimatrix Zero. She pushes Ramda further. She says that 
Ramda is one of the last people assimilated by the cube before it went offline. Something went wrong in the assimilation process. Ramda says she recognizes Soji from tomorrow. She knows she's a twin. Ramda freaks out and grabs a guard's gun. She tries to shoot herself, but Soji stops her. She goes back to her room and calls her mom to ask about Dodge. Her mom says Dodge is fine because she's a big fat liar. (laughs) Soji goes into some kind of coma while she talks. When she wakes up, she tells Narek that she knew the things that she told Ramda, but she has no idea how. She must have read it, though. Narek tells her he loves her? <laughs> no! <laughs> Derek runs into her. Narek runs into creepy ass Rizzo on the cube. She doesn't like his plan. That's it. That's the whole scene. Agnes tells Picard she's going with him. She has to meet Soji. Rios calls and says it's time to go. Picard brings Agnes along, and surprise, Rafi is on board too. She found Maddox. He's at a place called Free Cloud. Then Picard says engage, and like, we all cried again. So that's the episode. Good. My first note is, what was the point of Rizzo being back on the board, on the board cube? So that she could have weird sexual tension with her brother. Yeah, like, we're all picking up on that, right? It's upsetting. Like I that, don't like it's, it. It's, it's, it's pretty incesty. Yeah. Cool. We've done the episode summary. Now, Rom- Robin, who I just almost called you Romulan. <laughs> cool. I don't like that nickname. I don't like that either. Robin, who is new to Star Trek, is going- What? I just read one of my notes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, Robin, who is new to Star Trek, is going to share some of her insights in the episode, having absolutely, like, never seen any other parts of Star Trek. And so I would like to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, I listened to the full podcast of, of 101 and 102. Thank you. Um, and I would say that, that it's helpful for understanding the show- listening to them talk even if you don't know exactly what they're talking about it puts things into perspective anyway Mm -hmm. and i i didn't notice that the androids like that they specifically choose always make words like you guys were talking about before Mm -hmm. and then we had fate from uh last episode so i guess my note was just that like i'm gonna be watching for those yeah easter eggs like that Mm -hmm. what do the suit colors mean oh you mean like the different like Uniform colors? Yeah. So red means you uh, were in Starfleet on the command track. Blue means you were on the sciences track. And yellow means you're on the ops track. So like security, things like that. So basically, if you see yellow, you usually have a gun. Command means you're a captain or a first officer. Or a pilot. Or a pilot. And blue means that you're um, a nerd. So you're a doctor, a therapist, things like that. So red means that you're like a big deal. So explain the term red shirt. That's from old Star Trek when they hadn't swapped the colors yet. Mm. In the original series, command and like engineering were swapped uh, color wise. So random engineers were often the ones who got murked on away missions. They wore red. Instead of, it used to be command gold instead of command red. Gotcha. But now they are the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so red shirt is more of like a, just Colloquial a colloquial term. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's my, uh, here's my insight. Okay. That I had. Okay. Did we know before this show mm-hmm. that it was going to be Mars? Like, has Mars always been a problem? No. Like, this is the first time it's Mars. Yes. Yes. Um, We did watch the Children of Mars uh, short trek. Like a webisode? So, yeah. So we saw that before the show started. But mm-hmm. other than that, no, Mars has always been like a chill place where they build spaceships. They, where they build ships. I just think that Mars is a really interesting choice for, like, all of this terrible stuff to happen, mm-hmm. given that Mars is the Roman god of war. Yeah. OT. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 That's it. Oh. Just thought you could jump off of that. I like that a lot. That is a fun point you made there. Thanks. Rafi says JL too much. It was cute yeah. the first time, now stop. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. The, I don't know what that was. Like, it would have worked, like, twice. twice. Yeah. Maybe like, three times. Like, once in the first scene and mm-hmm. once, at, like, mm-hmm. when she sees him later and when he shows up mm-hmm. at yes. the place. Because that would be a perfect thing where it's like, see, she had this cutesy nickname for him and they were friends. And then it's like, she still has a soft spot for him because she still calls him the cutesy nickname, yeah, you know? So right. it's like, there it is. But that, that it happened, like, ten times in the first scene. I think one of my favorite things that Carrie Fisher ever pointed out about screenwriting was that she could clock a new writer or a writer who didn't quite understand how people talk off the bat because they would have a character repeat someone else's name over and over mm-hmm. and over again. And, like, mm-hmm. while I absolutely respect these screenwriters, like, they're obviously amazing screenwriters, that was one of the things that stuck out to me immediately, and I was just like, this would have pissed Carrie off so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, like, it took us out of the episode a little bit, I think, which is, like, yeah. the first time the episode is, or the writing has felt a little bit clunky, especially in the first scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only person who does that is named Brad Leonian. He says people's names a lot. So, like, if it's, like, a character trait, then sure, but that didn't, it didn't strike me as a character trait. Right. No. Us, no. You know? Like, Brad, he just, like, is constantly saying people's names. It was like they were trying to overstress that they were, like, friends. friends yeah. And I'm like, no, I get it, they're friends. Stop, you're making it weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my next note was, why does she hate him? But it's because she lost her job. Well, she lost her job, and then she had to, like, sit and watch millions of Romulans die while she could have done something. Right. And then she says that she felt humiliated, but I'm like, in front of who? Like, you're literally sitting by yourself. Because well, she had no one after. Yeah, she gets kicked out of Starfleet, so she, like, loses all the people Everything. she worked with. Like, if people don't know the truth about what happened, or if she has, like, what I'm they assuming- They might just think she's negligent. She has, like, exactly. She has, like, theories that people don't believe. Mm. So, like, people think she's probably crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because she smokes this- snake leaf thing i'm like getting a hint of like addiction question mark don't smoke kids yeah don't smoke anything yeah yeah that's good advice yeah you're gonna ruin your lungs i think it was a combination of i mean starfleet is not just a job it's a way of life so you spend your life on ship so like when you have earthbound friends like you might go years without seeing them Mm -hmm. so she lost her entire way of life in like one thing like it was way more than a job it was her entire existence yeah so then it was like well what does she do now like what what can she do especially because when you're let go from starfleet it's like getting let go from like the military like sometimes you can get dishonorably discharged and if she brought her theories about an operative inside the admiralty to people in the admiralty she was probably cast out and treated pretty horribly that's why Mm -hmm. she said she had her security clearance revoked like she was basically a black sheep Mm-hmm. So then we meet Rios and his EMH. Yes. First of all. Um, and this is an example of a nice English accent. Yeah. Like, all English accents are very lovely, but there's a difference between Narek's English accent and this guy's English accent because you can tell this guy's like, oh, hello. And he's like a Winnie the Pooh type guy. <laughs> and like Narek's like evil Draco Malfoy man. And they both have English accents. They're very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Like, as soon as he started talking, I was like, that's the way you do it. They want me to hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, is this my Murphy? I've been looking for a Murphy. That's Murphy. That's absolutely your Murphy on this show. Great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> for those who don't know, she means Murphy from the television show The 100. Yeah. As who you, is a lovable, lovable cockroach. As you heard from Robin's intro about herself. She loves brooding anti-heroes. Yes. And yeah. uh, I believe that Rios is absolutely a brooding anti I've been waiting for one. There he is. <laughs> oh, The Tragic Sense of Life is the book he was reading. I was going mm-hmm. to do research, but then I didn't. Oh, good. Should I do Do you want to tell your dream sure. story? 
Oh, yes. Emergency of navigation. Emergency navigation guy. Mm-hmm. This the is Irish a call-up post. This is a call-up post to Drew Koenig. Yes, it's Koenig and not Koenig. I'm his friend, so I would know. Um, this morning, he tweeted um, that the EMH was Irish, and I'm the one who got to say, um, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one who got to say, um, actually. The Irish one was an E-N-H. And he, and he didn't take it well. <laughs> but I still did it. He's going to be so mad. Sorry to this man. <laughs> but we'll also be on his podcast soon. So you should go listen to that. Star Trek podcast on the Lost, Call po- Lost Cause podcast. And I don't know when it'll be out, but I'll tweet a link to it. Sure. Uh, while they were dunking on Drew, I looked up The Tragic Sense of Life. The Tragic Sense of Life, the 1912 work by Mc- Miguel De Unamuno, uh, centers on the idea that many people live tragically as they fight against the inevitability of death and work to find a way to preserve their legacy beyond themselves. Oh. So interesting. Same. Hmm. I have two other um, notes, but they're just kind of like dunking on disliking the um, the incest twins or whatever. You should definitely dunk on them. Okay. Um, Rizzo, for a dollar, please learn a boundary. <laughs> that and then lastly you dump space bieber immediately yeah we decided while watching that narek is definitely space bieber due to the hair mm-hmm. because it is just so helmet like mm-hmm. so that's space bieber now yeah they whisper really weirdly to each other yeah yeah i don't like it why would you sniff your brother just to, like he's <laughs> she's tried she literally like makes an effort to try and smell sex on him, and then calls it carnal. That's so nasty. Rizzo, for a dollar, learn a boundary. It's so gross. She's like, please, she would want so much more than one dollar. So true. She would want, like, at least two. At least two. But is it, it's in CAD, is that okay? It's not in, like, Romulan books or whatever. (laughs) It's just like, I don't have a brother, but I do have a sister, and I have never sniffed her. Ew! I know! uh, Imagine sniffing your sibling specifically for that! I have a sister, and I have absolutely sniffed her, but not for that reason. I have sniffed her because it was a creepy thing to do, and I did it to annoy her. (laughs) Usually mine's to see if her deodorant's still working. Mm. Sometimes it's not, and then it jokes on me. (laughs) Like, you ever go up to people, you know, you go up behind them, and then you sniff their hair just to be, like, the weird guy? No, but sometimes you do that, and then you blow on my neck instead, and then I'm like, ah! I'm just trying to freak people out. Yeah, it works well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it. I actually don't have any questions for you because basically my question was, did you follow the episode? But it seems like yes. you really did. Yeah, yeah. This episode was much more accessible than the other one. Mm-hmm. More of this, please. I think that will be the trend going forward because the first two really had to like set up a lot of lore, mm-hmm. which I think is very difficult to take in if you're new. Yeah. And that the the rest will be like sort of focusing on the new adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grot. All right. Which storyline would you like to start with today? Oh, I'm sticking around. Yeah. I'm and just going to sit here. She's going to stick around. And also we're splitting it into, instead of going chronologically this episode, the the storylines were all kind of intercut and jumbled, which, I mean, you obviously saw from the episode and from my summary where I had like one sentence about this and one sentence about this. And I'm like, okay, hope they keep, keep up. And we go back and forth and it was great for um, watching, but hard to do for talking about. Yeah. So uh, Sam split them up by a uh, storyline. Um. So what I have so far is... We have the flashback at the very top, mm-hmm. um, and then I have everything at Rafi's place, everything on the Borg cube, and then everything at Chateau Picard and afterward. Okay. Where do you want to start? Right at the top? Yeah. Sound good? Flashback. Yeah. Yes. 
I am a hoe for a flashback. You are a hoe for a flashback. Love flashbacks. We get a sort of a double whammy of a flashback here because we get like two seconds of like the stuff on Mars still. And then we go straight to Starfleet, which is, I am thinking a few days later or Yeah, probably it has to be. Like it's still within the same year because it still says 14 years later, earlier. Yeah. But it is not, um, it's, it's not clear how far after Mars this conversation is happening. It's far enough that the bureaucratic process has begun. Right. Yeah. Ew, bureaucratism. (laughs) Did you just say bureaucratism? No, bureaucratism. Okay. I made that up. Um, these are the type of things that I will be adding to the conversation. Thank you. (laughs) I, um, also would like to point out that, uh, on our last pod, uh, I sort of revealed that I can't do math. Mm Mm-hmm. All of the things that I thought happened for exactly 14 years ago did not happen 14 years ago. Our dear friend Kat, who was much better at math, pointed out that the destruction of Romulus was actually 16 years ago. And then the destruction of the... No, sorry. The destruction of the... Huh? <laughs> I don't... I don't... I'm trying. Okay. The Borg Cube was 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it had been... I said it was 5,384 days. But I'm, I'm literally dyslexic, so it was 5,834, 43 or something. Whatever it wound up being, 16 years, not 14 years. So all oh. of these things didn't happen at the same time. I was listening yeah. to the podcast while I was walking to the bus stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, when you said, ooh, it's 14 years, I literally went, ooh. So um, <laughs> this is disappointing, and you both need to do better. I'm, I'm sorry. so sorry. I can't do better. I literally failed high school math twice. So sorry. Thank you. And um, we've also now learned that the destruction of Romulus was before the destruction of Mars, which not at the same time, like I thought it was. So, wait, what are you talking about? They were building ships on the Utopia Planitia in order to evacuate people from Romulus. Which we know now. I didn't know that last week. When oh, I okay, okay. At the same time. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. What's the, so the stuff that we saw with like F8 shooting everybody, was that the destruction of Mars or the destruction of Romulus? That's the destruction of Mars. We when did we see the destruction of Romulus? In Star Trek 2009. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> we haven't actually seen footage of it on the show. They've just like talked about it. Um, because their sun goes supernova. And who? The sun. Oh, like, the sun. Like, like the star. Their sun. And I was like, whose sun? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this man. <laughs> no, the, the sun that the planet revolves around. Yes. Goes supernova and destroys the planet and like several surrounding planets. All right, so, I'll allow it. So what they originally did was they contacted Spock and they were like, hey, Spock. We need help. And then a lot of bad things happened after that, and Spock wound up in an alternate universe. Okay. And that's basically how Star Trek 2009 happens. And instead, in that universe, Vulcan is destroyed by an angry Romulan. The town in Alberta? <laughs> I've always wanted to go there. We I can, think uh, I've been there. We could watch Star Trek 2009 sometimes. I, I, sometime. A lot of people don't like that movie. Uh, I like it. So I, I like it for what it is, which is good, dumb entertainment with a Star Trek twist. Yeah. Okay. So this scene kind of plays a little awkwardly. And I think it's because we don't have a lot of context for their relationship. And this is supposed, like, it's supposed to build context for their relationship in the future. Yeah. But we also don't have enough context for their relationship at this point. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, but I think the overuse of the JL thing, like, really just clunky, just messes up this scene a lot. But it does, like, 
It does the it job. Gets, it gets the job yeah. done. It just, I wish that we had more context on uh, Rafi and Jean-Luc at this point, which I think we can get from the comics. Yeah, I was just going to say, I yeah. I read them yet. I think, like, a lot, of, they relied heavily on the Countdown comics being something that everyone would engage with. And, like, clearly they have. But, like, for me, you, you also have to, I think they overcompensated by really including it and being like, okay, we got to push that in the show. And I was like, no, 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 no. Just let these two actors do what they do best. Do you, I, I don't, hmm. I don't know that they necessarily like, well, I haven't, hmm. You were going to say, I don't know if that is what they do best. No. <laughs> oh my God. I was no. like, ooh, okay. Shade. No, I was just thinking that, um, because I was reading on, I think it was Trekcore this morning, was explaining how the comics and like extra external material is like canon until it's not. Yeah. So I'm like not completely sure that they're like relying on that to be content. But I feel like those but, are special because they're written by the literal show writers. I guess. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I just don't know if it's like, if that's why this scene falls short to me. Okay. Well, I think regardless of whether or not you incorporate the comics, the reality is that they they pushed it too hard. They tried to force what wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So synths are already banned and Rafi's like wanting to like... They, they have this plan together, clearly. Yes. And, like, it just doesn't go the way either of them expect it to at Starfleet. Yeah, they thought they'd be able to convince Starfleet to use some of, like, the older ships to, like, help out the refugee crisis, mm-hmm. basically. Right. Because they cared about saving lives, unlike Starfleet. Mm-hmm. So Rafi believes that it's Tal Shiar agents who took out Mars, not the sense. So I'm sitting here wondering, like, does she like Romulans or not? Well, that was also one of our theories was that, or one of the theories that you or Kat had. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely thought yeah. that it was a Romulan attack on Mars to get people to hate since, but I was operating at the time that I made that theory under the impression that that was before the destruction of Romulus. Mm-hmm. So now I'm confused <laughs> because, like, why would they destroy their own rescue like i'm like john luke now i'm like why would they destroy their own rescue like why would they do that unless it's still just the secret agents jean Foch, who like hate synthetic life who are trying to like turn everybody against synthetic life which is what my theory was based on before but now i, I can't get a read on rafi like does she think that romulans are bad and that they destroyed mars and like or is she think- thinking like only a certain group of romulans are bad and we should save the rest of them any regardless which is like think, a good point i think it's that she has the same philosophy that picard does which is not romulan lives lives sure so she's like we will save them no matter what and like she, again rafi was probably the best of starfleet in the way that everyone who serves under like really good captains like kirk and picard and like cisco and janeway were all really good people yeah the sun went supernova in 2387 I knew I was right. Mars was destroyed before Romulus went supernova. You've been saying it backwards. In 2385, the planet was attacked by rogue synths, and Romulus was destroyed in 2387. So that's why there was no one to evacuate the refugees, was because all of the ships destroyed on Mars were meant for the refugee like movement and so everyone was killed and all the ships were destroyed so whoever was left after Romulus like they all died well did the sun start to go supernova because they had to they can't have started building ships for something that hasn't happened yet yeah because they knew that it was gonna go supernova they knew for a while 
Then that's what I meant. So to clarify the timeline, they knew that it was, the destruction was going to happen. And Mars did, like, the attack did happen on Mars before Romulus, like, went supernova. But then, of course, after this, or not Romulus, but whatever, after Romulus was destroyed, there was a refugee crisis because there was no one, nowhere for anyone to go. Okay. So, like, so, like, the expected destruction of Romulus started before... Yeah, they knew a couple years before, because that's what's happening in the Countdown comics, is Picard and Rafi trying to work with the Romulan government to, like, create, like, solutions for transporting Romulans off of Romulus and out of that system, basically. Okay. And then after, and then after it was like officially and then destroyed after, and yeah. then now people are like scattered throughout the galaxy. Yeah, they're all like, that's why everyone's just kind of, there is no home base for the Romulans now. And okay. that's why so many died is because there was no way to get them off because Mars was, ta- Mars was attacked. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's pretty much all I have for the flashback. Do you guys have any other thoughts on the flashback? I don't, JL. Oh my God. <laughs> get out. Right. Someone on Twitter was like, Jean-Luc and JL are the same number of syllables. Yeah, just they really are. Luke. It's just like I, I think that the JL is like supposed to like make us believe that they're like super close, like good friends. Because even Riker didn't call him like a nickname, really. I mean, Beverly didn't call him a nickname. Right, he was Jean Luc, and so like it, it's supposed to like speed up the closeness that we've mm-hmm. not seen, but it does not work. I call him Mister Picky, <laughs> Mister Pickard. Okay. So next we're at, we're going to do all the scenes at Rafi's place. I like Rafi for the record. The JL thing may irritate me, but I really like Rafi. Oh, I love Rafi. I don't know. I can't move past the JL thing at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Really annoying. (laughs) I like the first scene I was a little worried, but like she works much better as a like embittered, like, gruff rebel. Yeah, totally. Agreed. Like, the Starfleet uniform just, like, wasn't right. doesn't seem right on her, and this seems right on her. Okay, so she's bitter and resentful that he never came to check on her, and I'm like, wow, why did he never go to check on her? Wow, no one's gonna- some kind of world we live in. No one's gonna help her. My god. Anyway, no, I I think it's so in character for him to actually not do that, though, because, like, you could tell, like, as Picard got older, there was an element of selfishness there. I mean, look at what he did in First Contact. He wouldn't blow up the Enterprise literally to, to destroy the Borg. Like, there was there was selfishness there, I think. Yeah, but I don't think that's, like, a lack of caring about, like, the people he served with. No, but I think there is... I think he's someone who does not like to address his own emotions. And if he felt guilt over Rafi by ignoring her that she existed, he could ignore his own guilt over that as well. I guess, yeah. But I don't know. I just think it's weird. And now it makes me wonder if he's seen anybody in the last 14 years. Anybody? Are you thinking of anyone in particular, Sam? Uh, yeah, I sure am. <laughs> oh, okay. Just checking. Uh, mark it at, like, 20 minutes into this pod, where I've already brought up Riker and Troy. Um, she brought up Janeway, like, 10 minutes ago, so <laughs> you're, uh, you're doing pretty good. But, yeah, I, I just, I know that Riker is, like, super shocked to see him, so I'm, like, has it been 14 years? Mm-hmm. And so this is another thing that sort of just goes to me questioning, like, how I, how much has John Luke isolated himself? Yeah. I think from, like, could, everybody. I think he had uh, wounded pride, and that played a large role in Oh, yeah, for sure. Isolation. I'm just wondering, like, how, how extensive is it? Like, is it just from Rafi because he feels shame about what happened with Rafi? Or is it from everybody that he, like, ever cared about? You know what I mean? Yeah. She's very angry with him. And I'm wondering, like, is it just 
fact that he didn't come by and that he got her fired, like, is that enough for how I, like, I don't yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, she had to watch people die and watch other people be really, really crappy about it and watch Starfleet turn into something she didn't recognize. Like, that would be a huge blow to someone who was so dedicated to saving lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, like, is Starfleet, like, in this universe, is Starfleet, like, a huge deal where it's, like, kind of like a dream job type thing? Yes. Like, oh, people yeah. People work their whole life to be on Starfleet, so. Yes. And she was also pretty young at the time, so she probably, like, just started, like, pretty recently within the first, like, 10 years of her her like employment yeah and so i i guess i i would definitely understand if it was something that you were working towards your whole life that got taken away from you um because of somebody else it's like our astronaut programs like you work your whole life to become an astronaut and if anything takes that away it just destroys you i I guess i think my question was like is there anything else we don't know that's like bad blood between them also probably yeah also possible but i think your friend abandoning abandoning you is enough oh yeah for sure she has a vape (laughs) freaking vape pen do not smoke she has a space vape um (laughs) a vape pen just made me laugh so much yeah Um, that's, that's my only note on that. She has a vape pen. Next. (laughs) So then he, like, she, she walks off. She's like, had enough of this. And he follows her and he says, she sees things that he can't see. And that's why he needs her to come with him. Like, because she has, like, connect, she sees connections that he doesn't expect. Because I think because she had this theory that the Romulans attacked Mars. And now he thinks she could be right. And she's like, it's not... That I had a theory. It's that I had proof. Yeah, it's it's that she freaking knew. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't believe her is kind of insane. But I think at the same time, like, they were dealing with a Romulan, like, like, they were dealing with trying to help Romulans. So do you really want to believe in a Romulan plot in the middle of trying to save them at the same time, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's, this is why I still can't decide, like, how how exactly she feels about Romulans in general. Like, I, I agree with you that she's probably similar to Jean-Luc, but, like, I'm curious about her, like, if she's grown resentful towards them because of the, like, role her theory played in her getting fired. I don't think... I think that she is someone who has probably moved past the concept of xenophobia and is basically judges on, like, what we would all want, which is a case-by-case basis, which is, are you a good person? So sure. people who work for the Tal Shiar or the Jat Vash or who have penetrated Starfleet, bad people. Romulans who need saving, good people. Like, I think that's that's Rafi math. Okay. So she's very much a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm here for that. Uh, so because of her conspiracy theory nature, she is already doing research and Picard calls her later and is like, hey, here's some more stuff for your research. And she's like, I'm not doing research. And then she's... She's She's fully doing research. research. He sends her everything on Bruce Maddox. This goes a lot more to showing me how well they know each other Mm -hmm. than like anything else in the episode. Yeah, totally. 100%. He was like, I know you're already doing it because she can't, she's clearly someone who can't resist a mystery or a puzzle. Right. I mean, who can? Yeah. So she's working on the, she's going through all of this research and the stuff that he sent her. She finds a crypto ID called Gorn Egg. What does that mean? What does it mean? Like, and, like, why we've, does she know what it means? Like, we've seen, like, Gorn. Which is a but, type of alien. But do you think Gorn egg is, like, sort of, like, our equivalent of, like, Easter egg or, like, a backdoor? <laughs> well, I like, think it's, it's like, a code for something? It's, like, a, it's probably secret code for something, but I yeah. don't know what yet. 
but she clearly does. And it says the location is on FreeCloud. What the hell? I, okay, so FreeCloud pops up and all of us independently thought, oh, like a cloud hosting service. Right. Or like a spam something. Yeah. Like, I did not get it at first. I didn't think it was a physical location. I didn't either. I thought it was like the black market. Well, it sounds like a Neverland if it's a place at all. Exactly. Right. Well, I, I, I wanted to say that I think that Gornag sounds like um, a band that the lady who played the um, Admiral Longwater. Yeah, yeah, that's what she would be in. It sounds like a sounds like a band that she would like or or sing in or something. I like that. Yeah, I think that Free Cloud is like that episode of San Junipero. Mm-hmm. Or, that episode of Black Mirror. San Junipero. <laughs> yeah, colon. Uh, <laughs> Where, spoilers for that episode if you haven't seen it, your consciousness is uploaded to, like, a cloud. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) That is my current theory. Well, that's what, why did they use the word cloud unless they didn't want us to think that? Right. Like, what what are you doing using the word cloud? But at the same time, if you have to take a ship to get there, then it can't be like that unless you're going to where they host it. Right. It could be a planet where they host, like, virtual, like, reality things. Ooh, that might be possible. Yeah. Like a party planet. Sure. Like Ryza. Like but 3D and seedier. Like Cloud Nine. Yeah. Oh, like the ship? Yeah. Oh, I have a Battlestar note in here, but it's not till later. Okay. So those are all my notes, but I do have some questions for this section. Oh, okay. Oh, for the Rafi section? Yeah. Okay. Um, how long do you think do we know how long they served together? And if not, how long do you think that they served together? Um, well, she was high enough to be his XO. Right. So I would clock it at five years minimum. Okay. Which is a pretty quick turnaround from the end of Nemesis when uh, Riker stops being his XO. Yeah. So, like, is she his next XO or was there someone in between? Oh, there is someone in between because there's, there's one... some dude at the end of Nemesis. Yeah. I'm guessing he didn't last long. Probably not. Yeah. And then... And then Rafi. And then Rafi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably when he made Admiral, she became XO. Okay. Nice. And that's that. I concur. Thank and you. So, that he, they can... They served on the E together. Yes. Okay, cool. What does the C and C mean? Commander in chief. Oh, yeah, because Rafi said it yeah. twice and I was like, huh? But that I makes think, way more I sense think because- I that's what it means. No, that makes way more sense because she, I didn't, I thought it was like a, a governing body um, when she said it the first time, but then she said the C and C like as if was, as if it was Clancy. And so commander in chief makes more sense to me. Yeah, they called Clancy the C and C in the last episode too. Oh, yeah, it went over my head. Okay. How do we think Rafi knows Rios? Hmm, that's a good question. I guess she probably took a lot of backdoor jobs after she was kicked out of Starfleet mm. and might have met a rogue pilot that way. That makes sense. Maybe they, I, maybe they smuggled stuff together. Listen, I've only seen the first Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean like the third or something. The fourth. Okay. But he strikes me as a Han Solo type. Agreed. He does have the Agreed. energy. So that's my whole point, I guess. <laughs> I think it was either that or they did serve together at some point in Starfleet. Okay. That would make sense since he is Exler. Exactly. Starfleet too. Yeah. So she has gone down rabbit holes with him before. Is that supposed to just imply like their Romulan rabbit hole from the beginning of the episode? Or do we think that's that they have like gone down crazy conspiracy theories together before and she's just like, no, I'm not doing this again. They probably went on a couple adventures together. Had yeah. a, a couple good good ass times. <laughs> You know what? What? Do you think that Picard gets annoyed when she calls him JL? <laughs> because it kind of reminds me how Gatsby calls every freaking everybody old, old sport. Oh, boy. <laughs> I feel like I'd be like, stop. 
<laughs> oh my god. I, I kind of want to hear someone bring that up then. <laughs> well, yeah, just be like, okay, quit it with the AJL thing. Right. <laughs> um, those are all my questions because we kind of answered the other two already. Already. Alrighty. All right. So uh, next we're going to do the stuff on the board cube. Yay! This is what I was waiting for. <laughs> this is the part that I found the least accessible. So this is not what I <laughs> what I was waiting for. Okay. It is the most full of like com- like lore and like stuff that you can unpack that like probably means something other than what it says on screen. So Hugh is like reviewing Soji's like recent work and he's very impressed with her. He taught her. Would you guys be able to give me a real quick like crash course on Hugh? Because oh, yeah. sure. Because I was watching it and like I knew it was Hugh because you guys had said that it was Hugh while we were watching, but like they didn't say his name until like three quarters of the way through the episode. So if I hadn't seen it before, I would literally just be like this guy for some reason who just showed up. Okay, so Hugh is uh, when we first meet Hugh, Crusher finds him on a planet, and he had been separated along with a couple other members of the board collective when something happened to you know, either their sphere they or their get, cube something. so when borg individual borg are damaged beyond like is he one is he repair. a borg yes yes okay. he was a fully assimilated borg when but what does assimilated mean i don't even know what that means assimilated means that everything about you is wiped out and you uh become a they like implant you with bits and be, you become a cybernetic being like you're okay. you're used as a drone like a worker. Oh, so yes. what are they what are they like when they're not assimilated seven of nine but i don't know anything about her so depends you're either like you're either a human or whatever other species you are anyway or you're an assimilated borg the borg assimilate all species their goal is yeah. to assimilate as many species as possible in order to have the most diverse range of um, knowledge and knowledge so it's not like its own species like everything else is no the borg is a collective which is why it's called the borg collective like oh. takes over other species the borg i would classify what's like a more real world example of the Borg. Because it's something that basically you you are put into involuntarily. And so who did this? That's Hitler? that's the big question. The Borg is basically an allegory for like collectivism and like communism and the worst of like authoritarianism and you know being dictators because it's like bees in a hive. Mm-hmm. They have a queen. So there's a Borg queen. It's okay. like a it's like a foil to Starfleet sort of. Yeah. In, a, in ways in like, it's a more, think of her like Allie, the Borg Queen, like Allie, you know how she just wanted to eliminate pain by forcing you into the City of Light? Mm-hmm. That's the Borg Queen. On the she, hundred. Yes. She will take what you are and wipe it away and sort of basically like sterilize you. And why? Your, for the Borg Queen, it's basically to achieve perfection. Oh. The, the, the universe This will is not- Hitler. Yes. Yeah. That's the point. So like- they're the scariest thing in Star Trek because once you are assimilated, nothing of you remains. Mm-hmm. You just become someone's soldier, someone's slave. And gotcha. that someone is the Borg Queen. And so they're all interconnected and they're part cybernetic, which is why they have those like funny little bits. You know, like Seven of Nine has that thing over her eye. Yeah. Because you become part robot in order to be the most efficient thing that you can be. So have we seen any Borg that aren't humans yet? Yes, there's many Borg that aren't humans. Have we seen them? We have. In other Star Treks. Oh, okay. But not in Picard. Okay. Other than, of course, the liberated Romulans that we saw later. Ramda. She used to be Borg. Okay. Yeah, that's what an XB is. X-Borg. Okay. Sorry for the... No, it's okay. So Hugh is an X-Borg that 
Beverly. Well, how do you get yourself back? That's the thing. Other people have to, like, save you, sort of, how Picard saved you. So are you, like, downloaded so that people can get you back? Because you said that once you're assimilated, there's no part of you left. If you are freed from the collective, you can regain your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own memories, but sort it's of... It's less that you're erased and more that you're suppressed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go on. Sorry. So when, I didn't mean to take up so much time. No, it's okay. So, like, when Crusher finds Hugh, she fights for him as an individual, but she believes he's an individual being. Picard is scared shitless of him because Picard was once assimilated as a Borg. Oh. Yeah. And the Borg queen was, like, also obsessed with Locutus, which is what Picard's Borg name was, because they have never been able to assimilate humanity, like, on a mass scale. Gotcha. So, right, because you told me that 709, her real name is Annika. Yep, and she's from Earth. But for some reason, she kept her name, her Borg name. She kept her Borg name because she She was was, assimilated as a child. She was assimilated so young that 7 makes more sense to her. Well, how come, how come, sorry. No, it's it's fine. No, no, this is fine. How come other people get numbers, but... Picard got an actual name. Because Picard was special. He had a specific task, and it was to advise the Borg on how to assimilate humanity. Okay. It was so that he could be, like, a mouthpiece for the Borg that would, like, connect them to humanity. Mm. And, and he was allow a Allow them to ass- assimilate more yeah. humans. And he was a really important get because he was, like, one of the most famous Starfleet captains of all time. Okay. So they tried to- That's why, like, at some point they go back in time and, like, try and stop humanity from ever, like- evolving Mm -hmm. but there's only been a couple people who have ever been like liberated and taken from the borg and so the two gateways to that are hugh who picard and crusher and jordy and even guinan plays a big role Mm -hmm. in liberating and then there's seven of nine which janeway liberated and so is this still happening yes yes borg are always out there and i think that's what hugh's current goal is because he says in this episode that he is the director of the reclamation project okay so like his goal is reclaiming borgs and like deborgifying them so that they can be actual people People again so this borg cube isn't actually a borg cube it's a borg cube that is like the good borg no it's a borg cube that's been turned off oh okay yeah it's cut off so this is like a it's like a factory yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, a Borg cube is basically... It's like a computer that has been cut off from a network, so it can't... Yeah, it doesn't have the Wi-Fi it's on. It's on airplane mode. It, no, yeah. it is on airplane mode. <laughs> it is. It can't connect to the rest of the collective through a hive mind. The collective doesn't know that it's there, so it doesn't know that any of this is going on. Oh, it's a secret. It is a secret. Ooh. Because if the Borg knew that they were... I mean, that was like one of like the Borg Queen's least favorite things about Janeway was that Janeway would just pick up random Borg and be like, you're an individual now, and you're an individual now, and she did not like that. You know what? That's weird. I assumed that she would be fine with it. (laughs) So that was, like, one of, like, the big things with, you know, Voyager and TNG was that the Borg became the big bad alongside the Romulans, which is why it's so interesting that Picard involves both of them. Okay, thank you for your time. Sorry, I took so long. (laughs) No, it's helpful because this plays into my theory later. Oh, okay. The one where I got to pee my pants? Yeah. Okay. Yay! <laughs> I, th- I feel I've hyped this up too much now. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> but I'm still excited to hear it. Okay. Hugh and Soji clearly have, like, a little bit of a history in that, like, she sort of admires him, and he's taught her things, and she admi- he admires her for, like, her heart, I guess, mm-hmm. in, in this project. Um, he taught her that language can be soothing, XBs are apparently like the most hated people in the galaxy. Former which Borg, of course, makes yeah. sense. 
Why would they? Why would XBs be hated more than Borg? Because they because represent everything everyone fears. People like want somebody to blame, and like it's hard. Like they're probably as hated as the Borg themselves, mm-hmm. but it's easier like to blame. It's easy to be mad at someone who's conscious enough gotcha. to like for you to be for you to affect them. Yeah, gotcha. Than it is for like someone who is a drone and isn't going to care. Yeah. So they're property or hazardous waste and Romulans think they're both, but they're in this weird partnership with them, which I think is interesting. Yeah, that was the thing. That was the only part of the episode that kind of confused me is why he was there at all. And I think it's because the Romulans at least allow him to do his work. Maybe. Maybe. Like in reclaiming other Borg, because why is Hugh there then? I don't know. I think, I think it's, I mean, I think he was there before the Romulans got there. Oh, okay. And I think the Romulans sort of took over and like, they're like fine with it because the Romulans probably provide something that he needs, but I'm not sure what yet. Materials, manpower. Manpower, yeah. But I think security. I think one of the important things that I took away from the Soji and Hugh scene was that Soji is probably one of the first people to walk on that board cube and have empathy for like the nameless and the like the the rest of the board. Oh yeah. Uh, so she wants to interview Ramda. She's like wanted to for a while. She's been pestering him about it. And today she gets her chance. She's apparently read her dossier, which is like super top secret. And Hugh hasn't even seen it. But Soji has says something about like just asking for things and typically getting them. And Hugh hasn't had that experience. Um, so is, are all those people in that room, are they just like, they're reassimilate or like they're re, they're like fixing, like they're re-uploading got, got like went wrong or something? See, that's something that I'm also curious about because, so when they walk into this room, Soji realizes that all of the disordered are Romulan. Yeah. And she says like, we also haven't heard the word like disordered before in mm. Star Trek. So like, it's a new term. Yeah. Okay. Usually um, when people are reclaimed from the Borg. They're not like this. Mm. Yeah. Well, usually when they're re- reclaimed, like, it takes a, a, a while to become who you are again. Like, it's a process, but you're, these you're, people- You're present. Like, you're there. Like, you're still a person. Yeah. And these people seem to have, like, a. it's a very mental patient vibe in this room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, something went wrong, and they're all Romulans, so I'm wondering if, like, there's something in Romulan physiology or, like, Romulan- lore <laughs> is this part of your theory mm-hmm. with how they um are able to like or like why they hate technology so much or not technology but sense specifically Brittany, please tell us your theory so that we can stop um <laughs> being anxious about it so you know when we were talking the other day a couple podcasts ago you may recall Okay. We were talking about the cyclical nature of Battlestar Galactica. Uh Uh-huh. And how all of this has happened before and all of it will happen again. Uh Uh-huh. So it's likely that the Jatvash and, you know, people like the Jatvash hate synth because at some point on Romulus they probably had synths. Yes. What if the Jatvash are actually trying to cover up the fact that the Romulans invented the Borg? (laughs) (laughs) Right? There is. I went on Memory Alpha and I was like, hang on, this, this can't fit. But there is no origin of the Borg. No yeah. one ever, like, said, no. oh, the Borg come from here. So what if the Borg come from Romulans? Well, there's an implication. I have to admit, because I have seen Discovery, uh-huh. that there is some sort of tiny... It's not clear, and it's not addressed yet, whether or not it's true. Mm-hmm. That there's some implication that the 
that Starfleet released to the Borg, like a sphere. But that's Ooh, just a theory. A sphere. <laughs> that's just a theory that I have from Disco, but I don't know if it's like true or not, or if it plays into this at all. What I like your theory more. What species is the Borg Queen? Human. No. She tells Seven of Nine, well, the one that Janeway killed, she tells Seven of Nine that she wasn't human, she came from something else. Oh. Oh, so well, we just don't know. She's no. Humanoid. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, ladies? <laughs> I'm literally looking up if Discovery has addressed the board because I don't want to be wrong. There's no mention of Discovery in here. Okay. Well, it's not... It's not called the Borg at any point on Discovery. And I could be wrong. Like, it's, it could just be, like, a similar thing to me. But I'm in, I'm interested in season... And see if they go back to that in season three of Discovery at all. Uh, but I like... I actually like your theory better. Because then it's something entirely different. Well, I don't know. Like, if... If it's something that this show is doing, then it would make sense. Me saying that doesn't negate your theory. No, I know. I'm just I'm uh, trying to figure out, like, because I haven't seen Discovery, I can only, like, speculate so far. Because now I know that that's a thing. Now I have to, like, watch the second season of Discovery to figure out whether or not I'm on the right track. Okay, so, um, because I don't have all the information that I need. And also because I have to leave. And also because Robin has and to I, leave. And I actually want to stick around for the rest of the podcast. Ooh, yes. Weird. Ooh, what? We're going to continue my theory and the back half of this episode, um, tomorrow. But for you, it'll be in, like, five minutes. Yeah. We are going to finish out, like, the board cube, like, stuff with Soji and Rhonda and stuff. And then we're going to, um, stop and eat dinner. Yeah. Yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yum. And then, uh, but for you... Won't be any time at all. So she gets in there and they're watching Soji. No, Soji is watching Ramda do space tarot, basically. So interested. Romulan tarot. I want to learn. I want one of those decks. They're so cool. Yeah. I wrote down all of the cards that we see her put down. Yes. Um, Oh, but of course we can't read them because they're in Romulan. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what any of them say, but I I wrote down the pictures, basically. Okay. There's a moon with a face on it, which is the first card. Oh, that's an emoji. And And then they lay down the false door card, which Mm -hmm. Soji explains, which is really cool that it's like a part of Romulan culture to have a false front door Mm -hmm. that is never used. Uh, Then she lays down, I think, a girl. Mm -hmm. She lays down a few others in between there, though, that we can't see. And then she lays down one that is either a sun or a sunflower. These are all emojis. That must be part of it. (laughs) That makes so much sense. The Romulans invented emojis. Yeah. And then after the door, Soji asks to, like, speak to her, like, in in a way that respects Romulan culture. And then after she sits down, she lays down a dagger or an arrow. I'm not sure which it is. Mm-hmm. If someone else is smarter than me, tell me if I got these wrong. And then she gets the sister card and like loses it. Yeah, that was interesting. It's interesting because that kind of like, um, that implies that she started the tarot like about Soji before Soji even came into the room. Like if it's about Soji, then it's like, wouldn't the whole deck be about Soji? I think it is. I think the way she interprets the deck was that she laid it out to be about Soji Before Soji even entered the room. Yes. But as she said earlier, she knew Soji from tomorrow. Yeah. So that was part of the thing that I was talking about earlier um, with my theory that the Romulan invented the Borg. Um, There is this one thing that Harry Kim discovered in Voyager. Remember in the episode Timeless, they had to find Seven's temporal transponder? Basically, it allows the Borg to communicate with themselves between different periods of time. So I was kind of wondering if... 
Ramda's all messed up inside because her Borg temporal transponder exists at all places at once. And that's mm, why instead of um, thinking mythology is mythology, like she clearly used to when she was a mythologist, she now thinks of it as current events. That's cool. Um, so Soji is an anthropologist, so she that explains a lot about her knowing languages and like, uh, aside from her being an android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was programmed to be like an anthropologist. Yeah, so she knows a lot about like different cultures. So she asks to speak with Ramda through po- proper like cultural, like a proper Customs. cultural custom approach. Yeah, okay. Which, and then she gets access granted. Yes. Which I think is really cool. Ra- Ramda hates the term mythology. There's no such word in Romulan culture, which I think is interesting. And confusing because she literally studied Romulan mythology. So like, like what she wrote was- books about Romulan mythology? Yeah. Or is that just what, how humans interpreted her work? That's possible. Um, And it's not actually mythology to, to- anyone who's Romulan who's read it. Yeah, might be. She says, I know you from tomorrow. And Soji says they've never met. Mm -hmm. But she also suddenly knows a lot about Rhonda that she doesn't know how she learned it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like all of the information about how Ramda was assimilated that has to go to Soji having some kind of connection to the actual Borg I was just about to say this there's theories that Soji is actually a Borg queen oh so there's more than one Borg queen when one Borg queen dies another takes her place oh yeah there's That's only right. one ever at a time okay Picard and Janeway both have uh, a Borg been queen. the Borg queen uh, Janeway did actually become assimilated and in the book she was a Borg queen that sounds like something that would be on Star Trek timeline. King <laughs> metal. Actually, Janeway was assimilated. So yeah, there's theories that she is actually a Borg queen, which I think would go to this and the spiral as I think that Ramda goes down is like knowing her from tomorrow and like all of the reasons that Soji knows things about Ramda and like how she was assimilated that she shouldn't necessarily know. And maybe they made say- Borg queens in pairs. Oop. Oh, sorry. Your you thing, no, your thing was much more important than mine. What was yours? I was just gonna say that I know you from tomorrow sounds like a song by Linkin Park. Okay. Oh my, or like Panic at the Disco, but yeah. it's all in like <laughs> ultimate capital letters. Yeah. I know you from tomorrow. But it would be longer if it was Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Mm, good point. Uh, I was thinking like a Beatles kind of energy, mm. which is very Ooh. different. From where we were going. I like that though. So something happened when Ramda was assimilated and then like, Something went wrong with the Borg cube, what? which cut it off oh, from the no. collective. <laughs> it was like the la- the last ship assimilated by um by, by that, that cube. cube mm. which and is I'm like, so what happened? Is it that Ramda was special? Also, if these are the only Romulans that were ever assimilated, is there like that we know of? Mm-hmm. Well, Trekcor pointed out that that's not they're not the only Romulans that have ever been assimilated. Well, but that's what like is supposed to be the okay. Good point. Yeah, in, yeah. Ca- canonically, in here, yes, they are some of the only Romulans. So suck it, Trekcor. <laughs> hey, they're our friends. Oh, okay. We like them. <laughs> well, we think they're friends. They don't know who we are. But oh, that's okay. okay. Yeah. They're very helpful. I'm wondering if there's something in like Romulan physiology that both makes it harder for them to be deborged mm-hmm. and messed up the Borg cube maybe when That's they got possible. assimilated. Which is like part of like why I was like, oh, my theory makes sense because if the Romulans invented the Borg, assimilating your parent race, there's probably something in there that goes very wrong. Or like the Romulans, if they created the Borg and like wanted to never ever be, Ooh. Like, they would have like maybe implanted something in themselves that works as a virus to 
Like if and any that's of them why ever the board cube went offline. See, 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 it works. Galaxy brain. Yeah. <laughs> so she her Soji's badge blinks green once, like while she's holding Rhonda's hand, like as Rhonda's spiraling. So do you think that indicates that Rhonda is a threat to Soji? I that's sort of what was implied last week when he he was explaining if your badge blinks green, run. Yeah. So. I think yes, because maybe at that point Rhonda got in her head to like just to grab the sidearm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think that the she calls her Sebchineb. I'm butchering that, but it means the destroyer, which is also what the guy at mm-hmm. Chateau Picard calls him. Yeah. Or calls her. Which could also go to her being a Borg queen. Mm-hmm. If she is like the destroyer of worlds. This all has big Kara Thrace energy. That's my note! <laughs> <laughs> I literally, in questions I have, they called her the destroyer in both places. You are the harbinger of death, Carathrace. You will bring them all to their end. And then you know what happened? Actually, nothing. She wasn't the harbinger of- She saved them all, actually. Yeah, there was no death really involved. So she saved them all. Pick up that plot thread, Ronald E. Moore. (laughs) You dropped it. Uh, so Soji stops Ramda from killing herself and all of the other Romulans sort of understood what Ramda meant by the destroyer and like the way she says it in Romulan because they sort of like mutter about it afterward and yeah. like, look at Soji like she's a dangerous. Tell yourself I'm a dangerous. I'm a, da- <laughs> I'm a dangerous. Singular danger. I hate y'all. So Soji goes and calls her holographic mom, her momogram, if you will. God damn it. Uh, and then passes Not out. Not to be confused by mammogram. <laughs> I know. I typed it and I was like, I want to make this joke, but yeah. it's going to sound like, Now it's going to be about boobs. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. What else is new? Yeah. Anyway, her holomon lies to her, which I don't know why she ha- Like, who's controlling the hologram? It's like, now I'm confused. It's just like, do they have like two separate holograms and and they then the hologram just doesn't know? Yeah, probably. Maybe. I want to know who's like, running that hologram. Like, who's running the hologram? Like, who's controlling what it says? And like, why doesn't it know that Dodge is dead? Or, or why is or it lying? Why is it lying? The yeah. dodge is fine. Yeah. Narek shows up and we hate this man. Oh my god. Ew, dumb space beaver. He literally showed up and we were like, ugh, I really thought we were going to get a whole thought, episode without him. I was so pleased. we Because mm-hmm. this was like almost at the end of the episode and I was like, ugh, we almost made it. And now I have to look at this guy. And so she like tells him about her horrible day and like this weird experience that she has and like these like very confusing things where she has information that she doesn't know why she has it and he's like hey i love you huh it's just like bro what she was talking about please please how long has it been since they've been sleeping together like Like a a week week. like a week at most actually has it been a day because no i don't know we don't know the timeline of them on the board cube versus picard we don't know the timeline of that and we don't know like because hugh says like what's your work earlier today when she's talking to the nameless. Yeah. So, like, it's been maybe a week at most. Yes. Hi. Hi! Yes. My first boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, when he asked me to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. before he asked me to be his girlfriend, mm-hmm. I went to his house and we watched The Fault in Our Stars on DVD because it had just come out of come out on DVD. Mm-hmm. It's a very old sentence. Yes. And um, also, I haven't watched the movie since because <laughs> I have bad feelings about it now. <laughs> Either way, um, this is this is the night he asked me to be his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So before he has even asked me, just to be clear. Okay. Yeah. I think like Augustus tells um, Hazel that he loves her or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he turns to me and he says, is it okay if I love you? And I thought he meant like in the future, <gasps> you know, like at some point. <gasps> But he didn't. He meant, like, then. Oh, boy. At that time. Oh, no. And um, I just want to say, we all know this already, but that's a bad sign. 
You're right, and you should say it. Especially knowing what kind of dude he was later. I'm like, oh, okay, so you, you, that was a line. It was Mm. a line. I don't know if it was. I think he's just gullible. Okay, that's also possible. Not that I was trying to trick him or anything. I just think that he just, like, had a lot of feelings at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just weird, and, like, what is she supposed to say to that? Like, thanks? I think it's supposed to, like... (laughs) Did you just say thanks? No! I didn't know what to do. This was the first time this had ever happened to me, and so I just said it back. Oh my god, Robin! <laughs> this gets better and better. <laughs> At least you didn't say thanks. That's true. I didn't say thanks. Like you could have really blown it. But... It was my first boyfriend. Like I wanted it to. I wanted something to happen. Right. And I was like, if I just say thanks, then then I'm then I'm not gonna get in a relationship today. <laughs> Maybe so, tomorrow, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, Soji, like, takes the hug and is like, okay, I'm comforted. (laughs) And I'm just like, this isn't helping. You're not helping her. Go away. Well, I think it's, like, I think he used that to emotionally isolate her because now he's the only one who cares about her and trusts her. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, did you actually listen to anything she just said? Absolutely not. He did not. No. What was up with her falling asleep like that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to know. She, like, like, slipped to a mysterious coma? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That was super not explained. Yeah, I think it's something to do with the hologram, but I don't know, like, how or why it does that to her. Like, I think the hologram is supposed to serve for some sort of, like, upload thing for her, so I'm kind of wondering if, like, something has been added to Soji. Maybe. Maybe. So then, um, the creepy incest twins have their little weird scene. She looks great in leather. Yeah, she does. She looks really pretty. Like, I'm, I'm gay about it, but I hate everything about these two together. Yeah, they're- Um- Jamie and Cersei in space. I would like to rescind my hug from last episode. <laughs> good. Good. Your hug someone, has been revoked, Rizzo. Yeah, someone who um, actually deserves it is getting a hug this week. Ooh, Ooh I'm, I'm excited. excited. Oh, I know who it is. I haven't told you. Are you just guessing? Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Do we have to talk any more about the, the two of them? No, I don't want to. Oh, okay. Okay. So we'll pick this up again tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. I have... Um, my list of questions, though. Oh, okay. Okay. So do you guys think that some parts of the cube are under Hugh's authority and some parts are fully under Romulan authority? Because he sort of, like, uses his access to, like, yes. go into the room. I think there's like, some parts that only he can go into. He, like, says something about this part being controlled by the Reclamation yep. Project, which he's in charge of. And so there are other parts, I'm assuming, that are controlled by the Romulan distribution, something. Whatever, Whatever they, they are. Yeah. Uh, that he's not in charge of. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I abstain from this question because I don't know the answer. <laughs> so because she's probably Jotvash lore as the destroyer, because she's like, because the destroyer is probably Jotvash lore and like legend, mm-hmm. and she's probably some sort of like evil that has been foretold for thousands of years. Do you guys think that aids to the Borg Queen theory? Yeah, I think if, if, I think both things could marry into one, which is if the Romulans created the Borg, then it's possible that Soji is like the next Borg Queen. It's just like who made her. Yeah. I think that I'm definitely going to get this confused with canon. <laughs> I, I, I think that's possible. Yeah. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me reading fan fiction. Yeah. That's basically all my questions. My last one was like, can we airlock Narek and Rizzo? Because I don't like them. Oh, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> Those actors are doing such a good job because I don't want to watch them. And I think that's their goal is to just make them repulsive. And I'm like, you're right. You did it. Good yeah, job. I don't 
like them. They make me feel uncomfy. Like, Game of Thrones is the worst thing that happened to television. Oops! Um, Tate. Ever. So, I, I just, like, they could be creepy, like, evil guys without the incest part, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I have on that, and we'll record the rest tomorrow, question mark. Peace yeah. out! We will see you in five seconds, but... For us, it'll be, for 24, us, it'll be 24, hours. 24 hours. Hey, Brittany, can you tell me about Patreon? No, I have no idea what Patreon is. Hey, Sam, can you tell me about Patreon? Sure. It's this cool service where you can donate to your favorite creators and get special access to special content. Like what? Uh, well, with the aficionados, if you become a patron, you get special access to the pods early. Wow, that's awesome. It sure is. Uh, you can donate starting at as low as a dollar. Oh, that's like a whole deal. Exactly. I'm gonna do that. And what's the link for that? It's, uh, patreon.com slash theafficionados. You can find it in the description box. Thank you so much. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what if I can't donate? That's I'm just okay. really, I'm just really pinching pennies these days, Sam. That's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend this to a friend. Thank you. You're welcome. For telling me. You're welcome. And now back to the regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Woohoo! Boys. <laughs> I do not wear makeup to impress you. That video is iconic. If men figure out we can shapeshift, they will tell the church. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest people on the internet are on the internet are women. Go off. Like that's Correct. Tea. The funniest people are women. Yeah, yeah, end of. And John Mulaney. John Mulaney, Anyway, welcome. <laughs> welcome we, back. We are back. It has only been a few minutes for you. It has been 24 hours for us. Uh, and we are delighted to be here. Yes. We're excited. So where did we leave off? Uh, we left off discussing the Borg Cube, and we're done with that. Oh, well, that Brittany, did you do the research that you said you were going to do, and do you have a second part to your theory, which you said that you had? Yes, I did, actually, because I decided to go to the authority on this. Mm -hmm. So I asked our friend Kat, mm -hmm. our most trusted source, and I said, Kat, is this theory at all possible? And she said- Because Kat has fully seen all of Disco, and she is much smarter than I am. Exactly. Well, she's smarter than all of us. Oh, that's not, not you, Robin. You're all right. Careful. Uh, in, in terms of Star Trek knowledge, she is smarter than you. All righty. Good save. That's what we meant by smarter in the first place. I don't know how smart Kat is in comparison to Robin. I think you have two very different brains. Hmm. I think they're vastly intelligent as individuals. Yep. Okay. So I said, Kat, is this theory possible? And this is what my friend Kat said. Yay, at Cat M Squared. You may remember her from the 101 pod. And you should definitely follow her on Twitter because she's really funny. She's okay. like. I like that theory much more than the theory that the Romulans are synthetic. My only concern is that Discovery has an arc in season two that I don't know if they were trying to theorize a Borg origin with or if that was something different. They don't really clarify. But I love the idea that the Romulan created the Borg. And then she said, um, my brain just went back to your theory and it totally changes the meaning of the Romulan reclamation site. But there is definitely something linking the Borg and Romulans much more explicitly in this story than in Discovery. And it's not to say that the two also couldn't be connected. And it would kind of link Starfleet and the Romulans as having together created the Borg. Like if the Romulans got hold of this thing from Starfleet and did their Romulan thing with it. Now I need to rewatch Discovery finale because I don't remember all the details exactly. But she clearly remembered all the details exactly. Do that right. Romulan thing! Yeah. So like there's this episode in Discovery Season 2, where they find this sphere, and, like, they decide that it's, like, super important to save the information from this sphere, mm -hmm. but then later in the, like, in that season, that sphere is seen, like, infecting the baddies from 
Sector 31 mm-hmm. with, like, nanites that, like, turn them into... Oh, like, very... That's very obviously the Borg. Right. Okay. But it's never explicitly stated that it's the Borg in Discovery. But it also could be that if you're finding this sphere in the first place, that came from the Romulans. Exactly. That's yeah. why. Well, that's yeah. what I was trying to say yesterday, yeah. which was, like, it could have very well been created by the Romulans, because it, but just so far back... But which, it's, like, aids it's a relic. to yeah. the theory, which is, like, it being such a far back, like, creation in their history. Yeah, that, that it's, it's like, Romulan mythology. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, think you'll find that it's called The News. Oh, so sorry <laughs> that it's Romulan News. Um, actually. But, again, that news thing that I think we just talked about ties in with the thing that came from Voyager's episode of Timeless with Harry and the Borg having temporal transponders, mm-hmm. like, installed in them. Yeah. So if she's moving through time in her own head, she might think of ancient mythology as news. Exactly. All right. So now that we have cleared that up and delved into that theory, Mm -hmm. please let us know your comments and thoughts in the comments. I am repetitive, but tweet us or you can put it as a comment on SoundCloud or you can be in our Instagram DMs or you can be in our Tumblr DMs or you can email us at affectionalitiespodcast at gmail.com. Y'all, I check them all. She does. Yeah. Check. Let us know what you think, and we will shout you out on uh, Thoughts from Listeners next week. Mm-hmm. We like, my my kink is giving people credit for their thoughts. Oh, yes. <laughs> kink shaming is my kink. <laughs> <laughs> then again, a couple days ago, I said that my kink was looking outside and not seeing snow. So. It's funny because your ace and your kinks are wholesome. Yeah. That's the joke there. <laughs> you can have more than one kink. It's allowed. Yeah. You can have one. Thanks. Or two. As, As a, a treat. treat. All right. All right. Next plot line. Our next plot line is on Chris Rios's ship. His so, first name is Chris. I think. Am I wrong? Where did Chris come from? I've been told it's Chris. I thought his first name was Rios. I thought his name was Rios. Too. <laughs> Everyone else has his last name. Everyone else has a weird uh, name. Uh, oh God, hang on. Why couldn't it have been? Man, you're giving me a brooding anti-hero that goes by something that isn't his name. His first name? Hmm. Shocking. John. Murphy, Sawyer, Ford, Jughead, Jones. All of these men go by names that are not their first name. That's because they're cool guys. Cristobal. Chris. Oh, Cristobal. Cristobal? That's kind of cool. Cristobal. Chris, in quotation marks, because he goes by Chris. Rios. I thought he goes by Rios. Cristobal is a bitchin' name. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not wrong. No, you're not. So we're on his ship, and I love the fake out with the British EMH. Um, okay, so I have two thoughts about this immediately. First Please. of all, the ship is called the La Serena, uh-huh. so, or Serena, I guess. Which is like siren in the siren yeah. in Spanish. Um, and second of all, the mere presence of this EMH means that the synth band did not accept the holograms. Correct. I mean, So well, the doctor know, is fine. We know that holograms are used anyway, because they were at the archive, right? But there's like, yeah, but like, I had kind Sentient of- Sentient holograms versus like, worker bee holograms. Precisely. Okay. Which clearly his holograms are like, kind of walking that thin line. Oh yeah. Because they are quite, um, they have a friend. lot of personality. <laughs> what? They're his friends. They are his friends, except that he made his friends look like himself. I like that. I get it. I like that he apparently has zero human crew on his ship, and all of his crew is just, like, versions of himself. But that's, like, so much about him. He doesn't trust anybody but himself. Exactly. Yes. Because he was talking about how he lost his previous captain, and I bet you he, in his mind, thinks if he had been able to, like, do more, he could have saved his previous captain. So every- he just takes care of all his own needs. I already love him. You don't have to keep saying, like, things like that. But, like, the thing is, he's enough of a little shit that to differentiate them, he programmed them all with, like- Different accents! And they're, like, varying degrees.
degrees of good or bad? Because the Irish accent, I was like, can we go back to you saying that, like, saying that thing about, um, about... <laughs> About him not trusting anybody else, and if he had been able to do something that... He could have saved the captain? Go more, go farther into that, because I have something, and maybe we're saying the same thing, but maybe we're not, so I want to know what, exactly what you're thinking. Well, my thought was that if he had been in a different position, or if they were not Starfleet and had to hold, uphold principles, he could have saved his captain. I don't know, like, if he had been able to be in more than one place at once, I think he believes he could have done it. Gotcha. What were you thinking? Well, I think that what you're saying is that he's, like, blaming, blaming himself for not being able to do more. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, like, if if he tracks with, like, the person I literally just made up in my mind slash am taking pieces from other brooding anti-heroes that I love, I think potentially he blames other people on the ship. That's the reason why he doesn't I have anybody that, else. I think two things he can said, be true. He, like, maybe somebody else was in charge, like, like his second in command or whatever, and he's like, if I had been second in command, I would have known he what to do. He was the XO. Oh, well, either way, he'd yeah. be like, if, if it had been me, I would have known what to do and yeah. I could have saved him, and that's why he doesn't trust or doesn't want anybody on his ship. Because he's like, I'm the best person for the job, for all of these jobs, and why not have the best person if you're going to have anybody? I'm going to go ahead and say both. I agree. Yeah. That makes complete sense to me. Yep. I love those points. I love both of those points. They're great. Thanks. Um, Thank you both for having very intelligent thoughts. Thanks. I don't know anything about this. I just make things up. So Starfleet erased his former command from the records. So Mm. why? I... Would like to know. I feel like I saw more information about uh, his former command on Trek Corps yesterday, but mm-hmm. I didn't delve into it. Um, but hang on. I want to see. Because they definitely unpacked the name of his former ship, and I wanted to look at that. The thing I was in, was interested in was the timeline of that, because they said it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And to our knowledge, we don't have any like understanding of anything that happened past that one, I guess marker 14 years ago with Mars. Like, we don't know any of the things after that. So is it possible that that was related to the fallout from the synths? Like, excuse me. Yes, ma'am. Um, actually, um, actually, <laughs> Romulus, the um thing with Romulus happened 14 years ago. And the thing with Mars had been 16 years ago. Hey, thank you so much for that correction. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I don't want to kill you at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Trevor Trek- didn't take it well either. <laughs> So Trekor says, uh, in the end of this beginning, Chris Rios mentions his former ship on which he served the Ibn Majid, which is named for a 15th century explorer, Ahmed Ibn Majid, who was nicknamed the Shooting Star for his fearlessness and prowess in celestial navigation. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh, super cool. I like that um, we all found this new character that we love. I mean, there's lots of new characters that are great, Mm -hmm. like Agnes and everything. But like, he has so much mystery Mm -hmm. and none of us know anything so we can just make things up oh i remembered my thought that i lost yay that never happens congratulations stop talking before she forgets again (laughs) i just want to say shout out to santiago cabrera for the impeccable comedic timing that he has playing off himself Mm -hmm. oh yeah we were watching and we were like this guy is funny just on his own i was like this this scene is comprised of the same man. Mm-hmm. He's and really it's hilarious. And he's doing different accents. Truly, the only person who can relate is Tatiana Maslany. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. Um, What's her name from Killing Eve is also just as good as accents. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know who we're talking about, but I respect it. Um, She doesn't, like, play off herself mm. in the same scene, 
but she changes her accent constantly. Cool. God, what's her name? I'm going to have to look. Jodie Comer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So shout out to those people for being great. Okay. So they erased his former command. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, what's that all about? Because it's clearly after the whole Romulus, Starfleet, Mars, destruction yeah. era. Because it's only 10 years ago. Exactly. So what kind... Do you think it's, like, looped into Section 31? Or if it's something different? I I just want to know how it plays into this story. It's possible that he might have even gone after, like, if they found... When was the Borg Cube found? 14 years ago? No, 16 years ago. 16. 16 is when Mars happened. And 16 is when they found the Borg Cube. And 14 is when... Um, and 14 is when Romulus Yeah, I'm just- That's the information that I know. I'm just, like, wondering, like, if it ties into any events or this is just, like, one of the casualties of the corruption of Starfleet. Right. Um, but given that they talk about his past captain, I think we are probably gonna learn more about his trauma from that. And whether or not that's a familiar character to us, like, remains to be seen. I'm interested because you have theories that the stuff we see with Seven of Nine is flashbacks. Yeah, I think the stuff from the trailer isn't, like, because when Seven visits Picard, he's at Chateau Picard. Yeah. So how is that supposed to work if he's he's on the run? Well, I don't know. Maybe he comes back to Chateau Picard. Like, we could see him come back. But don't you think he would be arrested immediately by Starfleet if he did that? I think Jabon, I don't think that they would, like, watch Star. Strato Picard. I think Siobhan and Lars would probably, like, turn them away. I don't know. I have- I, I have my suspicions that we might get some back- I mean, we'll see Seven in the present, of course, but I also think that we'll see her in the past. So I wonder if Seven's storyline at all loops up with Rios's storyline and how they're both sort of, like, anti-Starfleet rebels now. Exactly. Because they were both in Starfleet at a point. Yeah. Well, Seven was not quite in Starfleet, but she was I mean, on a Starfleet vessel. I was about to say, like, as much as she could have been in the Delta Quadrant, like, yeah. being looped in via Janeway. Yeah. Are we all good to, like, ship Gruff Man with, like, Tiny Schmall Girl? Oh! Like, are we all oh, good for that? Oh, we Robin. have good news. Oh, great. <laughs> we have good news. Cool. So, instantly, when when Gerardi is like, I killed a man for you, and Rios hears it over the comms and looks up, I yeah, was like, yeah, so we're all good for that, right? I'm there. It's getting an honorable mention in my ship list at the end of the pod. <laughs> is it Lars and Javon again? Listen, give it to the new ones. <laughs> But anyway, so Sam went back and rewatched the trailer. So I did go back and rewatch the trailer while I was writing my review today because I don't have a problem. You do. But I went back and watched it and there is fully a scene where they're like almost kissing. Cool. I'm into it. So I ship it. I love it. There's only seven episodes left. (laughs) How are we going to do that so quick? They're here. They're on the same ship now. So true. They have to hang out. They They can kiss anytime. Whenever you guys are ready, let us know. We'll be there. <laughs> I love how Robin's like, there's only seven episodes left. And I'm like, we are like barely a third in the season. <laughs> Listen, right now I'm on Riverdale time and Riverdale has 22 episodes. <laughs> We're on episode, we just finished episode 12 and that's only a little past half. <laughs> oh God, that just exhausts me. Oh boy. Okay. So he also has an, an ENH. So he has multiple holograms. Have we ever heard of this before? No. 
No, uh, we have not. We have heard of an EMH because that was yeah. very prevalent on Star Trek Voyager. 150%? He has to do more accents. You can't just have two. Like, you have to have three. Well, he's got like, one for navigation, one for medical. He yeah. probably needs one for ops. Yeah. He I needs ho- more. I hope there's a chef hologram. Really bad. <gasps> yeah. That would be amazing. And he has, he has French, French, replicator, though. French, 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 French. <laughs> yeah. If there's not a French hologram, I will lose my mind. <laughs> okay. Let's place bets on a French one next episode. Okay. That cooks. Yep. Specifically. So his ENH is even sassier than his EMH. Uh, he calls him out on a, an acute moodiness overload. Mm. Um, and he tells him that the ENH is a huge Picard stan and, like, same. Which is just Rios. Like, that's just Rios. That's his own personality. He is also a huge Picard stan. But as the ENH says, he hides it under teenage moral relativism, which... <laughs> oh, I love that line. So good. So he says, like, Picard is on the side of the angels, and Ooh. that it's been a long time since he helped someone Robin's like that. Robin's having a thought. And I want to hear Robin's thoughts. Something being on the side of the angels? Mm-hmm. Y'all. When I was in, like, high school, even, like, college, I loved BBC's Sherlock. Changed my <gasps> That's why it sounds so familiar. And my favorite episode of Sherlock is the season two finale called The Reichenbach Fall, and it's probably one of my favorite episodes of television. It's probably up there in, like, top ten lists. It's written incredibly, and literally, like, hello, Andrew Scott and Benedict Cumberbatch. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. French <laughs> E-something-H kiss. What What would it be? Culinary? Oh. <laughs> E-C-H? No, that's E-C-H. the emergency command hologram. <sighs> Something. Anyway. Either way. Emergency Neelix hologram. There's a whole thing... <laughs> about Moriarty says that Sherlock is boring because he's on the side of the angels and Sherlock says I may be on the side of the angels but do not think for one second that I am one of them. (laughs) See and I'm sitting here going oh that show's dialogue didn't age well. (laughs) No it's great! (laughs) I never watched it and I have no opinion. One day we have to just watch Reichenbach Fall. Great game and and Reichenbach Fall. Um, This woman is a gay woman? Fine, we can watch Scandal in Belgravia. Thank you. <laughs> is that the one with Natalie Dormer? No, she's like the River Song equivalent of I- Irene or Natalie Dormer. Irene. I was like Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer is Irene in Elementary. Oh. Oh. I'm confusing the Sherlock shows. El- I will say, for the record, having seen Elementary and Sherlock, Elementary is superior in a many, many, many ways. I. It, it is. <coughs> but, it deals but. way more with healthy relationships. Yuck. Um. <laughs> Anyway, I'm doing a rewatch because I'm going to go on Drew's podcast, and I just finished the second one, so we should watch Great Game together. Okay, thanks. Okay. So the point is, Picard is a very good guy, and Rios has not helped a good guy in, in a while. Quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I think that at his heart, he wants to be a good guy, but he's, like, been beaten down so hard by life mm-hmm. that he's just, like, not at that stage right now, but he wants to be. I think there's a reason he and Rafi connected, and it's just they were all burned so badly by Starfleet. They're Absolutely. just like, they'll do anything to avoid people from Starfleet. So I was saying in my review that that Rios and Rafi both bring a, like, exhausted rebel with a heart of gold who's, like, just been beaten down by life energy. Oh, those are my good stuff. Those that's are my good favorite stuff. characters. And I just, it's, like, so relatable for, like, today's audience, I think. Yeah. 
for both of those characters and I, I I love it for both of them and I like am super into like both of their backstories well, and how they got to this point. It adds some complexity too because we know that Picard is an unabashed hero with a heart of gold. Oh yeah. Like Picard is a purely good person to his core and of course mm-hmm. he has you know some moral greatness and stuff but you look at him and you go that's a good man. Yeah. Whereas the others like Rafi for example is a good person but has really lost her path and Rios was like damaged by what happened and Agnes is also just like actually a a little bit yeah but like there's a lot of like good mixes of pure heroes and people who are just anti-heroes but aren't working against the hero they're working alongside which is what you need like they want to be heroes but they they also know that the reality of life doesn't always let you be a hero exactly and like that's the thing that like Starfleet lies to you about is that you will you know you'll see things that you've never seen before and like life will be like it was on the Enterprise D and everything will be exciting and yeah maybe bad things will happen to you but like there's also just the wonder of the world and it's like no 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 Odds are a lot of your friends are going to die. Yeah. I think that's like an an absolutely like crucial part of what makes this show different from TNG or Voyager or TOS or any of the like previous. DS9 sitting there like we already knew. (laughs) We already knew. (laughs) Um, Because like the characters on, especially on TNG are all, you can look at everyone who serves on the Enterprise with Picard and say that's a good person. Yeah. And these characters are just a little bit more morally gray, and I think it brings a needed dynamic dynamic to the show. Mm-hmm. I think that's why people were so interested in Voyager, because, like, when you merge Starfleet with a literal terrorist cell, like, what happens? Yeah. And what happened was, when people of different worldviews, I mean, they do fall in line with the Starfleet ideals, but then the Starfleet ideals learn to bend to other people's worldviews, too. Yeah. So Voyager becomes, like, this melded place of, like, not always stick to the rules but we're all alive yeah i mean like when you when you bring together people of different backgrounds and different experiences you're always gonna like come out with something better and those people all value life it's not like different backgrounds and different experiences where you put together like a far right republican and a far left democrat and you put them together because fundamentally even though they are of course people and they do share some things you know from my experience if you're an extremist of anything you're not going to listen to the other person as much sure whereas like i think this group has learned to like they're gonna listen to one another after they finish butting heads right yeah But like i'm certainly not gonna listen to someone who's like well i don't think that gay people should be allowed to get married and i'm like well i'm doing it anyway (laughs) um so those are all my notes on the section but i do have some questions do you have any other thoughts before i dive into the questions I'm just thinking about how excited I am to watch the Moriarty episodes. Talk <laughs> <laughs> with you. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, do we have any bets on who Rios's last captain was? I'm trying to figure out who they could kill off screen without pissing a lot of people off. <laughs> True. Like, do we think it's gonna be someone that is, like, named, or do we think it's an unnamed character that just, like, aids to his backstory? I would like it for be- for it to be an unnamed character, because I would hope that Picard would take, ser- the Picard show would take seriously that you cannot kill beloved characters off screen and not just destroy Trek- Trekkies everywhere. Oh, yeah. So, like, if his former captain was, like, Harry Kim, and they kill Harry Kim off screen, I'm like, I need to see Harry Kim's friends mourning him. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that it's um, an unnamed captain, because um, if it's, like, Janeway or anything, I will lose my mind and scream. I'll I'll take an unnamed captain, but I'll also take, like, a 
like deep cut Easter egg captain. Like, yeah. Like um, Shelby, who came on board the oh, yeah. Enterprise during Best of Both Worlds. So I would take something like it that's like a deep cut like that. Yeah, some, something where it's like, oh, if I recognize that name, I get it. If I don't, like Maddox. Sure. You can still follow along. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I want it to be a, a known character just so that when it happens, I want you both to go. <gasps> <laughs> but not too known because you don't want us to cry. Right. Ah, like, I would like to see it. She's like, then cry. Those are all my my notes. We, we answered all my other questions because my other questions were just like, why is he so good at playing opposite himself? <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful talent. All right, so next we cut to Chateau Picard. Oh, I love Chateau Picard. Let's go there. I also love Chateau Picard. That's where the love of my life, Loris, is. Okay, first of all, you're literally engaged. Yeah, she's right in front of you. Really (laughs) awkward. Brittany, you know that I'm gonna adopt slash fall in love with a brunette alien woman on every Star Trek show It's true, you will. I think you need to pick whether you're going to adopt her or fall in love with her. I don't think you should do both. She's right, you know. Okay, I'm going to fall in love with a brunette alien woman. Okay. From every Star Trek show that I watch. I know this and I love you. Thank you. So anyway. I think your line was, I love you too, but uh, alrighty then. I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Love the enthusiasm. He knew what I meant, Robin. Stop throwing me under the bus. I'm I'm literally sitting here saying nothing. I'm letting Robin dig in deeper. I hate you guys. <laughs> like so much. Anyway. Like for someone who loves you as much as I do, I also hate you. Well, into every life a little rain must fall. That's, you a, think- that's a quote from um Cabin Pressure starring Benedict Cumberbatch. I was about to say, you think you sound deep, but you don't. I don't. It was literally <laughs> it, it was literally a line from the dumbest character. <laughs> Okay, so sh- so Picard and Lars are talking about how he will miss this place, but he doesn't belong here. And I'm really soft about it. But yeah, that was... I love when she says you always had, like, one eye up there. And I was right. like, yeah, probably. Like, it's such a brief scene, but I think it really does so much for, like, their relationship that we've seen built for the first three episodes of the show. And, like just aids to how he spent the last 14 years, but how he, he's ready to go back. Exactly. I think it does. It does. It sums that up perfectly in just like a simple scene. And I do love that the show took the time for it. What, Robin? I think that um, it reminds me of that, the one scene at the end of Mulan, where they're like, do you want to stay for dinner? And then her grandma's like, do you want to stay forever? forever? <laughs> <laughs> like she's like, it's like Lara's is like, okay, well, before you go, just stay for dinner. <laughs> and then just stay forever and don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then Jabon has packed him a lunch. That is the cutest effing thing I've ever seen in my life. And then they immediately get attacked. I still suspect Jabon because he react like I know that he's Tal Shiar or former Tal Shiar, and he does react quickly to things, but it was just too quickly. There was one shot and he was like, they did they must have taken out the alarms. And I'm like, or did you take them out? You know what I mean? Listen, that is one of my points that I would like to discuss in my question section. So we can just jump there okay. for the time being. Do you, so you think you are fully on Jabon is a bad guy team? I'm just so suspicious of him. Yeah. Like Laris is just, we've seen so much more of her and there, she's just so complex. Whereas like Jabon has been very carefully like not shown as much. And when you do see him, there's a bit of ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. I just suspect him of things. So my hot take is that I don't want him to be a bad guy, 
but I absolutely see the show laying down the pieces for him to be a bad guy. Yeah. So, like, it's the little things like him instantly reacting to them having passed the security system. And then later, after they've taken out all the bad guys, uh, he is ready to kill their last hostage instantly. Yep. And Laris is like, no, we don't do that anymore. And I'm like, so do you want to kill him to keep your cover? Exactly. And then Laris also says that the hostage that they have is a stubborn northerner like Jabal. Like he is. Yep. And I'm like, so are they from the same place, meaning that they both got sort of indoctrinated the same way into the Jot Bosch? Mm-hmm. Have you seen that Doctor Who quote that's relevant to that? Which one? No. The one that's like, lots of planets have a north. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the minute I was like, oh, that's nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> Why do you sound like you're from the north? Lots of planets have a north. Can you do the accent? Uh, of nine? Yeah. I Nine was only on for one season. Um, <laughs> If I heard it, I could do it. Okay. If I heard it, I could do it, but I don't think I can do it okay. right now. That's fair. I can mimic, but I don't, but I can't just pull it out of <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I see all of the pieces that they're laying down for Jabon to be a total bad guy, but I, I just hope that if that comes to pass that Loris is the one to take him out yes and not the other way around because I'm yeah. attached to her way just, more than I am attached to him I just I found it so odd and it's either this was a writing choice to cover their butts in case Trekkies were like um how did that happen like why wouldn't Chateau Picard be alarmed but it's either that or it was just such an odd thing to say the minute that it happened no they're you're absolutely correct like they've been putting pieces in yeah like, through the entire series like all three episodes but i just don't want it to be true but i can absolutely see it becoming yeah. true and if it plays out that way i just hope the one that we get to keep is Laris. I, I agree so if you're gonna fridge somebody fridge, fridge him <laughs> i don't have an opinion either way and i also um don't think i care okay you know like i just whatever happens happens i understand that's that's not really where like where my interest even is in the show, I know that um, that is not true for literally everybody else here. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I see a MILF, yeah, and I floor it. <laughs> I know it. I know it. Well, I, it's interesting because we all do actually have different involvements in the show. So, you, like, you're very clearly in the Rios. You have attached yourself to Laris, and I'm just sitting here waiting for Seven of Nine. <laughs> yeah, so, like every time they're on the Borg, I'm like, Borg stop! Like, <laughs> it's we all have very different like interests in the show. Yeah, but like the show offers something for to everyone, each of us, yeah, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I already have head cannons. I feel catered to. <laughs> <laughs> I also have head cannons. Okay, so Jabon and Laris and even Picard instantly go into like fight mode. Yeah, and it's just great to watch as as a person. It's a scene that I like should have it have seen coming from like miles away knowing that they were former Tal Shiar beforehand but I didn't see it coming and I deeply enjoyed it when I got it. I have a question about this scene and it's that Picard got taken out and taken down pretty harshly. Why was he not more injured? Because He's an old man. Jean-Luc Picard is a bad bitch and you can't kill him. I just I was like oh that's interesting like Patrick didn't even think to like act like Picard was injured, but wasn't he flipped on his back? I think look, I think Laris is flipped on her back, but I don't know that 
Picard is. But you might be right. I need I, to watch it, like, four more times. I know that he doesn't have, like, any magic powers or anything, but, like, Dumbledore is heckin' old. But, like, no matter what you do to him, I mean, except for, uh... Kill him. One yeah. thing in, in particular. But, like, <laughs> nothing bad ever happens to him. And even if, like, they, when the ministry comes to Hogwarts and they say, hey, we're, like, arresting you, Dumbledore's like, oh, no. <laughs> You know, like, you do anything to Dumbledore, Dumbledore's, like, went through a whole-ass duel with Voldemort. It's, like, unbothered. And he's, like, fine with it. So, like, that's kind of what Picard reminds me of, even though he, like, doesn't have magic powers. I don't know what I'm saying, actually. I also feel like in the 24th century, people live a lot longer than they do now. Mm Mm-hmm. So, he's just, like, in his prime still. (laughs) See, okay. (laughs) This is is why I'm like, what the fuck? Is because once the thought entered my head, it couldn't leave my head, and then I was pissed about it. But I couldn't stop thinking, is Picard enhanced in some way? Like, is Picard himself a synth? Via, like, Borg and synth? Yeah. Okay. Or, like, did the real Jean-Luc Picard die? And this is a synth Picard. Don't say that with your mouth. Isn't he supposed to be sick? He has eromotic syndrome. Maybe. What does that mean? Oh, I guess a synth wouldn't have that. Well, if that's, if it's true. Because you guys were talking about how it might not be true. They assume that his... His brain is sort of, like, deteriorating. Oh. It's, it's basically space dementia, is what it is. Mm, kind of, yeah. But I don't know, I just couldn't stop thinking about the idea of, like, like Picard being enhanced in some way. I personally think it was a, just an acting choice, but okay. I like where you're going, Like maybe I want Picard to live forever. Yeah, like, maybe he wasn't replaced, but I think there's parts of Picard that are different. Because, like, you know in the opening credits, all of it forms to become Picard? Right. Like, is that also some kind of hint... And it could be, like, aiding from his involvement with the Borg. Yeah. That he's somehow enhanced. Because, I mean, they, like, Dodge immediately knew that she was safe with him. Like, how do they have some kind of connection like that if she's a synth? I think you're on to something, but it could also be nothing. (laughs) That is exactly (laughs) true. Which is, like, every Star Trek theory. Yeah. (laughs) Me at anything to do with Riverdale? We could be on to something, but it could be nothing. But it probably is nothing, actually. But the thing Mm -hmm. about Riverdale is that it's because Riverdale's bad. Yeah. Hey, we love Riverdale, but we do know Riverdale's bad. It's a yeah, It's bad in some ways, but in other ways it is not bad. I yeah. don't know. I think, I think in other ways Riverdale is very good. Riverdale is junk food. It's you delicious. It. You enjoy it, even though you know it's bad for you. Yes. <laughs> so my next note is just that Laris can beat me up and I would thank her. Okay. I just... Can need... I beat you up? No. Oh. But I would like to see it. <laughs> I said no. All right. Just Laris. All right. In case anyone listening to this podcast didn't know... That I'm in love with her. Oh, okay. Um, so then Gerardi comes in. Uh, ah, she's so cute and the, small. <laughs> the timing is a little eerie. Mm-hmm. But also I love this scene with her shooting off the Romulan gun and being like, maybe it was on stun. And Lars is just like, Romulan guns don't have a stun setting. And she's like, oh God, let me put this down. That's my favorite line of word. It's so good. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you took that one because I was struggling because I had three choices. <laughs> So that's great. I'm going to be chaotic and also ship Lars Gerardi as a crack ship as a treat. Oh, okay. Yeah, do it. <laughs> so only one of their hostage, their one of their attackers is left alive. Jabon wants to kill him immediately and Lars says, no, we aren't like them anymore. Which like made me soft. Yeah, like wholesome, but like he might be. Like he might be for sure. But she is not. But I love how much she's changed with her time with Picard. Yep. And then she also, I also wrote my notes that Laura still calls Picard Admiral, which I think is, like, a really telling and, like, well-done sign of respect. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's utmost respect. 
Right. So, like, she will absolutely call him on his shit when she has to, but she also deeply respects this man. Yeah. So their hostage is not inclined to answer their questions. No way. Really? (laughs) Which is, like, not shocking at all. Uh, But he does say that Soji is not a girl. She's the destroyer, which is exactly what Janet is on The Good Place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a girl, sorry. Just the destroyer. Which is the same thing that Ramda calls her on the ship. So mm-hmm. is Ramda former Jot Bosch or is Soji such a part of Romulan mythology? Sorry, I think you'll find it's called the news. <laughs> oh my is god. Is Soji such a part of Romulan news that she's just ingrained in Romulan culture I as think, the destroyer? I think the idea of the destroyer is ingrained in Romulan culture. Whether or not that Soji is a different matter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is the Destroyer any Borg queen, or is it something different? I think a a Destroyer is a mythological idea, or... Newsological. (laughs) I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) Kind of like how we have, like, um... Newsological. (laughs) (laughs) How, like, you know, like, different cultures have different things, so, like, you know, there's... What's that? Can you tell I'm not religious? What's that thing with the locusts? The plagues. plagues. Yeah, like, the, you know, like, they, we have, like, plagues and things like that. I think it's, like, kind of like that. <laughs> Since when is the plague a religious thing? It is. It yes. is? Yeah. I thought, is it not history? No, it's, oh, the, it's, it, part, no, no, it's I mean, biblical. It, but there's a biblical, like, set of um, things that show the oncoming, like, force of the Revelations apocalypse. Oh, like, I'm out here thinking we're talking about the bubonic plague. <laughs> no, I'm literally <laughs> thinking locusts in the sky sort of thing. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, Brittany, what? Sorry. I mean, I know I'm dumb, but I ain't that dumb. Dear Claire, when you listen to this, please explain for the rest of us. Please follow Claire Will on Twitter. She is a writer and a huge friend Stan, and she will be very upset that I said one of those things. <laughs> is it the writer one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the Romulan hostage calls Picard some kind of Romulan swear word, which I'm sure Trekkies smarter than me have like already translated. But as soon as he does that, Loris breaks his nose. My queen. And she was like, hey, that's my friend. I love it. He's old and I love him. <laughs> so this man has a similar cyanide acid pill to the pe- the Romulan spies we saw in episode one, mm-hmm. uh, where he chomps it up and dissolves himself and it nearly gets Jabon, but they save him. I like this Jabon was like, oh, we gotta go take this coat off. Like, Whereas oh, he just wait. spit it all up. Dodge. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, convenient. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was so funny. Do- like, this literally kills people. And he was like, oopsie, and just took it off. Like, but he was, off. he was Tal Shiar, so he would be used to dealing with that issue. And, like, reacting quickly. Yeah. Gotta get this one in the wash. <laughs> Oops. So, like, they save him, but they don't get much information out of this guy. Uh, which is unfortunate, because... I need more information. <laughs> yeah, this show has made me, like, r- like rabid for more backstory, which is exactly what they wanted. So they're doing very well. It's absolutely working. So Gerardi is there, and she tells Picard that she was visited by Commodore O at Daystrom. Commodore O, no, she didn't. Commodore O, as we now know, is the chief of Starfleet security. So, like, the highest of high ups in the, the security Of the people who ranks. wear yellow. Absolutely. That's, That's correct. Completely Robin. correct. Um, my favorite thing is that people were like, Vulcans don't wear sunglasses because they said in this one thing that Vulcans have a second set of eyelids that help protect them from the sun. And I was like, she's not Vulcan. And I'm like, she's trying to look 
Cool! Yeah, Vulcans can still wear stuff for fashion. People wear glasses without prescriptions in them. But, like, exactly. And at the same time, though, I was like, this should be someone's tip-off that she's not Vulcan. Because she's in sunglasses. Okay, T. She's Romulan. Yeah, she's Romulan. They don't have that thingy, apparently. How would you- how did- how are they, um, like, masking their species? So probably dermal regenerators. Well, also in Star Trek, it is very easy to su- surgically alter yourself yeah. to look like another species because several times through TNG, the crew of the Enterprise would surgically alter themselves to look like another species, like a, a Romulan or like an alien that they've just met for first contact purposes. And so they just do a medical procedure to make them look like one. So she could have like or even done a medical p- procedure to change her physiology just enough, which would be pretty easy from Romulan, Romulan to Vulcan. Yeah, because it's not like there's a big change. Yeah, so she could just like surgically alter herself, basically. Yeah. Um. So we see Commodore O show up, and Gerardi is now at Chateau Picard, and she tells card that she told her everything. I have a theory based on the trailers mm-hmm. that there is something that happened between Gerardi and O that we did not see. Like That's what? Up later. So there is a shot in the trailer of someone doing a mind meld to Gerardi. <gasps> no! Oh no! And I think it was O. So you're saying that this is O that we're like hanging out with this whole time? No, oh. I think that's still Agnes. I was like, I'm trying to ship! I think that Commodore O knows more than, like, Gerardi says she told her everything, except for that she's going with her, Picard. Oh, I I think I got confused thinking that mind meld was like she full on takes over her body. Can you explain mind what that is? Mind meld is mind reading. Oh, it's- okay, so it's kind of like occlumency. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. That's from Harry Potter if you're, um, uncultured. But instead- <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> Sorry. Robin's like, hi, I'm an asshole. (laughs) How are you? I'm just very... She just just suggests that you diversify your fan interests if you haven't read Harry Potter. Yeah. Whereas I'm sitting here like, she's just, she was just very on Tumblr. (laughs) I mean, I was also very on Tumblr, which is why I understand all of her Sherlock references, but I'm also very jaded. I'm like, oh. Stephen Moffat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a Harry Potter tattoo. I made I made a Sherlock like when I was in film school. They were like, "Hey, you get to be the director of this one." I was like, "Great!" And I did a Sherlock scene. Like I, it, I mean, it's great acting for my final drama performance in high school. I did a Sherlock scene. Yeah. Like, no, it was my thing. There are some brilliant moments in Sherlock. It's just that I think Stephen Moffat only knows how to write one thing, so he just wrote the same fucking thing over and over and over again. Whoopsie. I know that I'm right. <laughs> and I know that you know that I'm right. <laughs> there are an above zero amount of Sherlock references in this podcast that I did not see coming. Anyway, I am concerned that Commodore O did something we haven't seen to Gerardi, and somehow Gerardi is either in danger or stealth bad, even not, even not to her knowledge, perhaps. Tell yourself I'm stealth bad. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I think, going off of this new information, that Gerardi herself is not in danger, but... People remember, around her? No. Remember Clancy said that the chances of Picard getting his own ship and crap were, like, you know, pretty low and he wasn't going to do it, and I think I dissuaded him from doing anything? Now they have evidence that, no, yeah. you did not dissuade him, and she's planning on going with him. 
So they probably mm-hmm. have someone chasing them. They have someone. They probably have something. Someone chasing them. And Commodore O might also take out Clancy. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Don't you guys know that every time you say Clancy, I think of Clancy Brown, who um, who voices Mr. Krabs. Okay. Oh no, not Mr. Krabs. <laughs> he was also on Lost. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So Gerardi tells Picard that the one thing she didn't tell O is that she's going with him. She makes a great sales pitch for herself, and that if I was Picard. I would take her with me. Yo, it cracked me up though. She was like, there's one thing I didn't tell. And I'm like, what did you tell? And she's like, I'm going with you. And I was like, that's not much of a secret. <laughs> I, <was> like, I <laughs> expected something more, to be honest. Yeah, I was... saw that one coming. <laughs> uh, she makes a great sales pitch for herself. Her points are, she killed a man to save his life. That's a good point. Picard is a good man and he has uh, empathy and pity on people who like want to do things and she wants to go meet this miracle exactly and third she will earn her keep as science as earth's leading synthetic leading expert on synthetic life yeah she's like i know that it costs money i don't have that but what i do have is a big brain and i'm like you know what okay that's that's another moment that aids to me shipping gerardi and rios because she goes i don't know how much this man costs and he goes i'm expensive and i'm like y'all already got this banter going on you should kiss yeah. Is it Jurios or Riotti? Ooh, Riotti oh. kind of sounds cool, but it's probably going to be Jurios. I like them both. We I should th- get ahead of it, Robin, and just like <laughs> pick the one <laughs> which that we one, want. Which well, one do you want? I think, uh, what were you? I like Riotti. I like Riotti as well. But I feel like Jurios is more like. It more follows the pattern of how. Yeah, yeah and it flows it, a little e- yeah. easier. And it's yeah. like if you're given like a whole bunch of characters, you have to like figure out where the re and where the Audi came from, but like the Jurios, like Rios, you know for a fact that's the character that's in it, mm-hmm. and then you can figure it out from there. Yeah. It's like kind of easier if someone doesn't know what the like who's in the ship. It's easier to understand if you choose Jurios. Someone did but a whole academic also- essay on how this naming works and yeah. how it, even though it is instinctual to us, which goes back to like how we use language, mm-hmm. um, it, it, there is a whole like method to it. Yeah. Well, I think Jurios makes the most sense because. It's easiest to mesh two names when you use a, a letter that they have in common, and yeah. they do have the R in common. Yeah, yes. So, Jurios makes sense, because it just takes the first part of hers and connects it to the part where they would match up yeah. to his. Okay, so agreed on Jurios. It's gonna have to be. Okay. Yep. I think Riotti sounds better, but Jurios makes more sense. Riotti sounds Correct. like an expensive car. Probably because <laughs> Bugatti. So, Rio says it's time to go. It's gonna get hotter uh, at Chateau Picard. Um, which I hope that Jabon and Lars are prepared for. Yeah, what does that mean? I, I also don't, like he said- <laughs> I thought you meant that another MILF was going to show up. <laughs> I mean, I would love that, but I don't think that's the tea. He's basically saying, like, more bad guys are coming. <laughs> I misinterpreted. And he's saying that his, like, sources know that. And then we get on the ship and we learn that his source is Rafi? And I'm like, so how does Rafi know that more bad guys are coming to Chateau Picard? And like, why were you guys late? Like, does that even mean that? I don't, I'm not entirely sure what that meant. If you guys think you know what that means, let us know. Yeah. So we get on board. Rafi's there. She just wants to come along for the ride. She's not here to be part of the team. So but I don't I'm, ask. But I'm calling her out. She's going to become part of the team. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. She can't resist. No. She is instantly suspicious of Gerardi, which makes me also question whether we can trust Gerardi, even if Gerardi isn't will like isn't knowingly being untrustworthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she hasn't gotten to do a secu- security check, etc. Um, would Gerardi know if a mind meld happened on her? No. Okay. Oh. She might have a headache or something, but 
if she doesn't know, she might not be able to. Interesting. Because I feel like if she did know, she would say so. Well, whenever Janeway did one with Tuvok, she always complained about headache afterward. Yeah. I need to track down that particular trailer and watch it again to see if you can tell who it is. Yeah. Because before we saw this episode, I thought it was our new Romulan sword friend from next week. Okay. (laughs) Can't wait to see what the heck that means. Oh, you're gonna (laughs) love that guy. You have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> Robin's gonna have two faves. Yay! So Rafi is bouncing as soon as they get to free cloud, whatever that means. Sure. Okay. Do you guys have any particular notes on this section, or can we dive right into questions? I'm ready for questions. Yeah, I'm ready for questions as well. All right. I never know if I have anything to add to the questions, but sometimes I do. <laughs> this isn't necessarily a question, but it is just a note that I put in the question section for I some want, reason. I want Why you are know. you the worst people at panels? I'm the... I, I work with children, <laughs> and uh, putting up your hand and saying, you say, do you have a question? They say no. It's like, no, put your hand down. <laughs> what? <laughs> I just wanted to say that Picard looking at Laris every time Gerardi asked a question gave me my rights. Oh, yeah. What do you really think? Cute. What does that mean? Like, what? He was, like, checking to make sure she was, like, in- yeah, Laris is like, Yeah, he was like, okay. like is this Laris- cool? Yeah, like, Laris was the one that was most adamant that he wasn't going on this mission. Uh-huh. And then Gerardi, every time she asks a question about going on this mission, Picard looks at Laris like, can I take this child with me? Okay? And she's like, I Laris guess, like, if yeah! you're gonna go, take the kid. <laughs> More people in danger, woo! We answered most of my questions. Great. <laughs> I'm very proud of all of us. So my questions were basically, do we think O did a mind meld with Gerardi? We talked about that. Uh, do we think Jaban and Jatvash? We talked about that. <laughs> Can we trust Gerardi? We talked about that. Um, We already talked about shipping Gerardi and Rios. Mm -hmm. I talked about the sources getting hotter thing. My other thought is, do we think that Commodore O was the ranking Starfleet official that Rafi has proof on for letting the Mars attack go through? Yes. Okay, good. Because that's also my thoughts. All right. Those are all my thoughts. Proud of all of us in this moment. Segment? Sure. And now it's time for segments. Now it's time for a closer look. For segments. <laughs> Where is my Google Doc app? Well, you better go catch it. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, would you like to go first? Sure. My segment is which MILF was the most badass. And? Obviously, it has to go to Laris. Right. It has to. She she killed people. She pulled a gun out from beneath a coffee table to murder bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was too badass to not reward. Exactly. And uh, so my section is what is Sam shipping the most this week? And, you know, I started out with Javon and Laris. But I have talked myself into Gerardi and Rios by the end of this podcast. Good, also, good. by the by the way that we're talking about Javon, like at this point, I'm not shipping Lars and Javon because I'm like, that guy's evil, even though that's not a technically like canon yet. True. At this point, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, like when's Lars gonna get like a new girlfriend or something? That's yeah. completely fair. I am crack shipping Lars with Gerardi and also Picard because I am sure. not above crack shipping whatever I want. Okay. Okay. Um, but it goes to Gerardi and Rios and Laris and whoever she wants gets an honorable mention this week. Good, 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 good. And my segment, my other segment, mm-hmm. um, because it's very important that this is a segment, is did anyone mention Janeway? No, they didn't. You did. Yeah, I did. But I don't want to have to do all the work. Okay. Someone else needs to pick up that slack. Uh, okay, <laughs> next week I'll talk about Janeway. Thank Jeez. you. <laughs> God. Hopefully Seven will. If Seven Maybe. doesn't, I will lose my mind. Her wife, Janeway. Exactly. <laughs> my segment is which character deserves a hug the most. And um, this week it goes to Gerardi because she accidentally killed a man and she feels bad about it. Yep. 
Yes, that'll do it. Give her a hug. She's just little. <laughs> Nobody hugged her or did Picard? I don't remember. Picard anyway. like took Picard, her, like, okay. took her in hand and got her some tea because he's a great dad. Well, she deserved it and she got it. So yeah, good, good for job. her. Snap. And now it's time for a best tame. Is that nice. tame? tame. The, <laughs> why are you? Why are you the E N H? And now, and now it's time for our best line award. <laughs> that accent is already better than E N H's. No shade, but I know it to be true. Robin's just that talented. Yeah, it's really annoying. Sorry, I really couldn't pull it out for the ninth <laughs> doctor there. It's all right. And now it's time for our best line awards. So my best line award goes to Laris for "We're Not Like Them Anymore," which is in Romulan. Nenva Sosus. And I also have an honorable mention because I can't help myself, which also goes to Laris and Picard for... And you won't miss it. Any of us. One bit. Oh, yes, my dear. I will miss you and Jaban and number one. And mine goes to Agnes and Laris for... Maybe it was on stun. Romulan disruptors don't have a stun setting. gently on the ground like maybe I will not touch this anymore. I just want to say that I liked that interaction. And my best line award goes to Agnes Gerardi and also Commodore O for... Hi Dr. Gerardi. Commodore O Director of Starfleet Security Okay (laughs) (laughs) Commodore O's like it's me Commodore O and this is all the things that you should know about me and Agnes should say, oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for it's talking to me. It's an honor. It's so nice to, yeah, you're like the best person I've ever seen. And instead she just goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> people in Starfleet think they're hot shit and civilians are like, cool. <laughs> I respect Gerardi for this reaction. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're so inclined, please leave us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey that you can fill out about the podcast telling us what you like and what you think we could do better. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We have reviewed seasons four through six and we will re- be talking about season seven and then going back and do seasons one through three later. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we have covered basically everything that is available so, like, one, two, in the middle of four right now. <laughs> Forget about three. Screw three, drag. <laughs> I meant one. I know. I know. <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, we did all of season one, and we are almost to the end of season two. Those are being released monthly, and they are spoiler-free until a spoiler section at the end. So, if you are watching for the first time, you can pod along with us. Um, I have heard that it is helpful because a lot of people think that Lost is confusing and it's not if you're paying attention, but I'll pay attention for you. So if you don't pay attention, you can just come on the podcast and I'll tell you all the details that you need to remember. It's true, she will. It's very helpful. Uh, If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, We have recovered season one in its entirety and we have covered, we've started covering season two this year, which you can check out every six weeks. And next year we'll cover season three and then hopefully it'll be time for season four and we will be happy because it'll be back. (laughs) You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, the YouTube, mostly Twitter. Robin does gifts of our favorite Lion Awards on Tumblr, so please go support her. Go give him some love. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it is expensive. This podcast would not be possible without the people who help us out on Patreon. So yeah, if you can't donate, that's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. 
Woo! We really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me at uh, Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I talk a lot about Star Trek on my Twitter. She does. And she also does reviews for the show, and you can find those in a link in the description. At (laughs) TelltelleTV.com. When when your friend has to hype up your own word because you forgot to. Everybody makes that makes, that makes sense for who I am as a person. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-E-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. I cannot promise you any Star Trek tweets. It's true. But, but, but she's funny uh, anyway. Here. Yeah. She's a delight. You should follow her anyway. We all live together, so you can expect some of the weird crap that we do on a daily basis. It's called chaotic content. Look it up. If, yeah. you're, if you're a Britantha stan, I post a lot of Britantha content. Britantha. <laughs> Interesting ship name. It's better than Bram. <laughs> it's true. Join us for our next episode, which is episode 104, Absolute Candor. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Okay,